here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? Wrestling podcast. I'm Rich Creates alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lands and Joe. We are back for a uh, special, what Friday night edition after our last uh, last week's Sunday afternoon edition and everything but Thursdays. And my God, that just the recording issue. It's we've been a cursed show as of late. I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I don't like it one bit. I wonder how many people don't listen until the weekend anyway. The, you know the Observer Board when we because I do post every show that we do on the Observer Board and usually like I wake up that next morning and there'll be like one or two of our like hardcore people that are like oh you know I listen to the whole thing and I was like okay but I don't know how you listen to four hours you know already or whatever but yeah then we get like Friday and Saturday I get a ton of posts on there and a ton of people replying so maybe there is a lot of people that listen on the weekends so hey when you're cleaning the house I I don't know do you have a sign in the background that'd be creepy but there's there's always I listen to podcasts while I clean so there's always a couple people who. Like after you upload it and go to bed, and then I'm on Twitter all night. They listen to it. You know, it's a four-hour show, and they're done with it four and a half hours after we're done putting it up. What's well, I mean? Because I'll go to bed at like midnight, and I'll wake up at like six, and they're you know they're done and already replied two hours ago. And I'm like, oh god, like <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Like what is wrong with you? But well, I'm glad we have those people. They're good people. There we, like there we go, bashing the listeners again. <laughs> We're pretty bad at that. You, we, we never learn. Um, <laughs> I think they like it though. It's it's. Uh, they do. They're they're sadists, so they, it's, they enjoy it's, it. So. It's 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 endearing. I mean, they yeah. listen to this stupid thing. They like us. I mean, they can't possibly take themselves too seriously, right? It's endearing to get bashed by us. I mean, we, you know, right. we bash everybody else, and you know, why not the <laughs> listeners too? Right. Exactly. Um. What are we going to start with here? We, we had a- yeah, we got, we got plenty of stuff. Well, well real quick, uh, just so people know, and, and we've been kind of banging this drum for a little bit here, but obviously if you want to help out the website, our Amazon and WWE shop affiliates are a good way to do that. We're not going to ask you for money like some people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to um, 
make any purchase on Amazon, voiceofwrestling.com slash Amazon. It helps us out. Same Amazon store as always, but we get a little bit of kickback as well. And if you're going to buy WWE merchandise, voiceofwrestling.com slash WWE shop. And there's tons of Kevin Owens. Have you seen? Well, we'll get to that in a little bit when we talk about Elimination Chamber. But we always, you and I are, are, are very big proponents of the cream rise at the top. That there is no way, if there's a guy who's who's got it and is talented and, and is destined to be a star, he will find a way to be a star. And that, that, I think that is just clear. I mean, they within weeks now. I mean, he, the, there's so much merchandise that he's got up there. He's got like two pages filled of, of of merch. He's a featured guy. They're sending us emails of like, hey, there's new Kevin Owens shirt. Da, 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 da. It's just it's it's constant stuff. I mean, they they get it. They definitely get it with this guy. So don't worry. There's nothing not to get. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, are we do? Are you still plugging away, or are we doing the show? No, that's I, it. No, I'm done now. I'm done. All right. So yeah, I mean, you know, so I guess that means we're starting with Elimination Chamber. Uh, which is fine by me. But yeah, I mean, you know, we've been banging this drum for a long time, even before, you know, uh, the guy was signed where they were, you know, going back a couple of years where people were saying he'd never be signed because of his weight. And, you know, we were, you know, we, we were kind of negative on that and thought that, you know, times were changing and, and that proved to be right. Yeah. And now he's here. And, you know, from the, from the first moment, he appeared on WWE television. It was obvious that this guy was going to be a big star. I, I just thought it was – he's just one of those guys, like you're saying, you know, when you say the cream, you know, is going to rise to the top and that we firmly believe in that, um, we're talking about the best of the best. We're talking about yes, – right. you know, we're not talking about, you know, uh, every indie guy that we like here. You know, we're talking about guys where it's just obvious that they have it. And this is one of those guys where, and a lot of times, it, you know, it's they have to be in the WWE environment first to 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 see whether they have it in that in that in that environment. And this, it was obvious that this guy had it as soon as he walked in. Oh yeah, from the second from the second he debuted on NXT and just the reactions he he garnered and and, and just so much of the, of the character. I, I wrote about it a few weeks ago of just what his character is and what it's about and and just they they just get it in general with this guy of how to push him, how to use him, how to utilize him and a lot of it is just him being able to just kind of do whatever he's good at. It, it's they're not trying to fit him into a box of anything. You, you know for so long and 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 we'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit is you know there was always this template and and people believe that as well, which is the most the, the funniest thing is that oh well no, people aren't going to cheer for a fat guy wearing a t-shirt. He needs to be, you know, ripped and look like a superhero and all of a sudden, no, they don't. They don't care if they get, they connect with the guy and the guy can connect with the crowd and he's a good, I mean, there's so many things that can get guys over. There's no template for it, but, but the Kevin Owens in a lot of ways, and then it happened in ring of honor. We, we you kind of sense it. There is this guy just, there was something about him that connected to the crowd. And, and no matter what you were going to do, it was probably going to connect in WWE as well. If you just kind of let him be what he was. And that's what we've seen so far. And an elimination chamber was, I thought a great example of that when it was just, okay, it was worked, not, in the confines of what I would consider WWE style, even though there was, there was elements of, of kind of main event WWE style or whatever, but they didn't worry about it. They just, they just said, Hey, this guy's a big deal. Let's go out there right away. Have him get this big win. And, and it's over and it's done. And it's, it's, he's, you know, already positioned as the second top, you know, the second biggest heel in the entire company. I'm tired of talking about his look. I mean, it's, it's such a non issue. His look is a non issue. It's only an issue for people who are stuck in 2004 or stuck in 1989, and people who just don't get it. I, 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 I honestly am just so tired of talking about mm-hmm. this. Look. I agree. It's such a non-factor with him. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, would someone with his look would it be a detriment to someone who didn't have all of his other tools? Sure. 
With this guy, his look doesn't matter. In fact, I kind of think his look enhances. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's what I've argued. I've argued with people because they're saying, oh, you, you know, this T-shirt and basketball shorts thing. And I said, he shouldn't look like a – he shouldn't be wearing spandex Speedos and have a fake tan or whatever. He's a fucking – he's a he's a, just a, a family man that's a brawler that hates – that's like fighting people. I, he, he, he doesn't need to look – He's a guy who doesn't care what he looks like. Right, exactly. He has no. It doesn't matter to him. That's not a part of his his persona. It's not what motivates him. It's not what inspires him. That that's that's nothing. Like he looks like a guy who wakes out of bed and, and puts a shirt on and goes and fights. That that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. And as for the match with Cena, I mean, this was clearly designed to get him over as a top guy, and um, it looks like they want him to be, you know, one of the yeah. top heels, if not eventually the top heel. And you know, I, I you know. We have strong opinions here sometimes, and 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 you know, I, people like it when I go crazy and lose my control and go on these <laughs> silly rants. But you know, I, I I've never really come out as strong as I'm about to come out in terms of you know people's opinions and what they think of matches and things like that. But this idea that they did too much in that match, Cena and Owens. If you now define that, and for people that don't know, what what what. I guess, well, I don't know. It, were people clear in what they meant people by think, doing too much? People, but but just, just so people know what, what, what you're kind of clarifying. The kind what of things we're there. hearing are too many near falls, mm-hmm. too many big moves. Too many finishers too many and finishers kicking out of finishers. Too many finishers and guys yeah. kicking out of finishers. Um, things like that. Um, if, if, you, if you're one of these people who think that Cena and Owens did too much in this match, I'm just – look, you don't understand – pro wrestling or at minimum you don't understand modern pro wrestling and you definitely don't understand what they were trying to set out to accomplish in this match and you know that might sound um arrogant that might sound confrontational that might sound uppity but it's the truth if you think they did too much in this match you're completely lost and you don't get wrestling i firmly believe that or you're someone who just stubbornly doesn't want to admit that this Kevin Owens guy has got it and is destined mm-hmm. to be a star. Those people, though, we can set aside because they're just goofballs who they're going to fight this to the death. And they're probably the same people who fought the idea that CM Punk and, and, and Daniel Bryan were going to be stars, too. They're exactly, probably right, the same right. people. And, you know, you just got to set those dopes aside because they're just going to fight it to the death. And, 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 and who cares? But, but to these other people who are being open-minded about Owens or are Owens fans or are Cena fans or even like the match but think that they, quote, did too much, you don't, I don't think you get what they were trying to accomplish here. And, I, and honestly, I'll go as far as to say I don't think you understand pro wrestling or, or at minimum modern pro wrestling. That match was the perfect match. Perfect, Rich. I wouldn't change a single thing about that match for what they were attempting to accomplish with the match, which yeah, was to, I'm with you. which was to get this guy over immediately, immediately as a top guy. They didn't do everything they did was perfect. There's nothing they did in that match that I would change. So I don't want to hear that they did too much. It's, it's this old school thinking. You don't understand modern wrestling then. They basically gave you a WrestleMania-style main event on this show, which is what you needed to get this guy over. 
Exactly. And I think that that's the important thing that people need to realize is that, yeah, maybe it wasn't positioned as such and it was, you know, in the middle of the show and there was some other stuff, but, but that was meant to be a big time WWE main event. And that, that felt and looked like a WrestleMania main event. It felt and looked like a, you know, a major SummerSlam main event. And that was the goal. That was the object. That's what the point was. So for people that are saying, well, I felt like a WrestleMania main event. Yes, exactly. That's what it was supposed to be. Exactly. And, and it worked and it worked. This guy's the hottest thing in wrestling right now. And and it's only going to get hotter. I mean, unless they find a way to blow this one, which with this company is always a possibility. But I have a feeling with this one, I have a good feeling about it because it seems like I do too. It seems like everybody's behind them because yeah, we we know Triple H is on board and and the, sure. the, the rapid ascension, like the rapid rapid. I mean that then you know Vince is on board. And we know you know what I mean. Know like Cena had no problem. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean. Cena not only let this guy pin him clean in the middle, clean as a sheet in the middle, but he let him kick out of his finish. Okay? That's significant. And as a little sidebar, something I haven't heard anybody bring up that I'm kind of kicking around in my head, you know, maybe Cena didn't believe in Rusev. Maybe that's why that feud sort of played out the way it did. Maybe Mm -hmm. Cena wasn't willing to be so selfless for Rusev for whatever reason. I haven't heard that. I don't know that to be any sort of fact, but it, it you know it's obvious that Cena's willing to do this for this guy, um, but, but you know that could be nothing. That could have nothing to do with Cena. That could just be a horribly booked feud. In fact, I think Cena Rusev right now is worst feud of the year. I think there's it's. I mean, it's not even. Ooh, it was yeah. In terms of the damage it did, and think and about the, how the, red what, hot Rusev was. Coming yeah, into it's that feud, really. And look yeah. where he is now, and look where Lana is now. <laughs> look where that that where that act is now compared to where they were coming into the feud with Cena. It's impressive. Yeah, it, it was, it did an impressive job of completely destroying, you know, something that was significant. Yeah. It's uh there was t- people wanted to see Rusev Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> there was legitimate talk of that. And like, like Rusev main eventing a SummerSlam was not ridiculous in like no. February. And, now the, and then now people would laugh. Like j- just, they wouldn't even listen to it. It would be, it's, it's it, you'd be put into a, a home. If you said it did that, incredible damage, not only were the matches lousy, but I'm convinced that that feud cost the company money. So by oh, uh, by yeah. every definition of worst feud of the year, I mean that's that that's got to be the, the 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 runaway leader right now. I mean, there's nothing good. That, what what good came out of that? Nothing. Didn't they, they? They had at least one decent match, didn't they? Or my miss- WrestleMania match was an average match, but oh, was that? Yeah, was that you know, the? Then, yeah, then no, they, that one. Then they, eh, then they had, I didn't then like they that. had a bunch of stipulation matches which were utter trash. Oh, so there was nothing before that Mania match, was no, there? I'm like, oh, well, then never mind that. No, no never mind. I, that was awful then. That, that was, oh, you know what? I'm 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 mixing up I'm mixing up last year's Ryback mini feud thing or whatever. No, okay, no, this is pretty terrible. Or uh, well, the Wyatt thing, the Wyatt last year's Wyatt thing is what I meant. So anyway, I don't I don't. So they had yes, one or two, you yeah, know, they, Cena there, and, and and Wyatt had the good last man standing match, which is shocking that somehow some way this Rusev feud was worse than that Bray Wyatt feud, which. Yeah, do you remember that yeah, one? I mean that. Speaking of cooling a guy because off at least real you got fast. the one great match out of that. Yeah, you got nothing out of this, and it totally killed. You could argue the Cena feud kind of derailed Wyatt too, but the thing with Absolutely. the thing with Wyatt though is, and, and I'll tell you, I, I hate to pat myself on the back, but I'm there was a shelf life there. I'm for one sure. of the few voices that were saying it at the time, but um, but Wyatt was headed down this path anyway. Mm-hmm. I I just I'm convinced of that. So, but in this case. They really had something with Rusev. Look at it, but I don't want to get derailed off Owens here. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. So anyway, 
the fact that Cena was willing to do this for Owens, uh, they had to go out and have that kind of match. You couldn't go out there and have a match where there, there was no reason to save anything for later in a match like this because the objective of the match was to get the guy over instantly. Yeah, he was supposed to catapult 95% of the roster and get to that upper echelon right away. And, 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 and from just a pure entertainment aesthetic standpoint, you know, I thought, I thought Rob Viper said it best, both on Twitter and on some message boards that I saw. Put business aside. Put the objective of the match aside. Let's put all that stuff aside for a second. I think Rob really put it best. Just as a wrestling fan, what the fuck does they did too much? Do, do people not want to be entertained? <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with you people? I mean, look, I admit it is possible to do too much in a match. And we've all been in those situations where we roll our eyes and say, all right, you know, the opening match of the indie show at the VFW hall down the street really didn't need to go this far. But come on, these are two of the biggest stars in wrestling. They're out there having a tremendous match of the year caliber match. And right, with the intention of one of the guys has to become the second best guy. His debut match, he has to become the second biggest heel in the entire company. Yeah, and you're going to whine that it was exciting and they did too? <laughs> oh, I get lost. I mean, these people, it's amazing. It's like people don't want to be entertained. Uh, who, who could have possibly have watched that match and at the end of it said, you know, I really like that match, but I wish they would have slowed it down and grabbed a hold. Are you fucking mental? Are you mental? There's a time and a place for that. This match wasn't. I mean, if you couldn't enjoy that match, I really don't know what to tell you. I, 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 I'm at a loss at these people with the, with the they did too much stuff. I was kind of shocked when I, when, I, when I went on Twitter and other places and saw that. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Because I, 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 mean, I even put it in my review. I said, you know, quote, this was the perfect first matchup between these two. And let me tell you, you something. Know, perfect. It, it perfect. And I, I used that word. Yeah, You're go ahead. absolutely right. Perfect is the right word. That's the word I used earlier. You were right to say that it was the perfect match that they needed to have. And I'm going to tell you something else. I'm going to tell everybody something else. I'm going to teach everybody something else here too, okay? <laughs> All right? You can, you, can, you, you can do a fast-paced match with a million moves and a million kickouts, and that match, it is entirely possible that a match of that style can have a ton of psychology. And you know how I know that? Because I just watched it. Because that match had a ton of psychology, and that match told a tremendous story, and 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 it was and it was fast paced, and it had a million moves, and it had a million kickouts, but it all worked. Context is key, and that match did tell a great story, even though they did a million moves and they did a million kickouts, and it was worked at a fast pace. It doesn't mean psychology doesn't mean grabbing holds and working body parts. It could be, as long as you're telling a good story, a match has good psychology, and this match told a great story. I would even go to far to say, and I, I, I said this somewhere, I don't remember where I said it, either on Twitter or one of these stupid message boards, but I'll go as far to say, in terms of matches this year, okay, this match had the best overall psychology and told the best in-ring story of any match of this entire year aside from Tanahashi Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 9, which that, the storytelling, you know how I feel about that match. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's my match of the year right now. That's one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. And, and you know why? Because of the great story that they told in that match, okay? This match is second only to that match, and it would be, the, it would be number one in almost any other year in terms of storytelling in a match and accomplishing the objective of what the wrestlers were setting out to do. And that's what right. That, that's, that's where what I always look about, at it. Man. Yeah, and that's what's exactly. That, that's that's what I always look about. More than anything, when, when I watch a match and when I'm done with it, I look and say, okay, you know, going in, what were these two guys' goal? What was the goal of this match? What was the booking goal? What's what, you know, what is to be intended from this? And and when that was over, regardless of of sort of a lot of the you know how it gets there, or whatever. If it 
meets the objective, I, I really have a tough time arguing it. And the objective here was this is this guy's debut match against the established one of the legendary stars of WWE. And we, what we want to do after this is have him be one of the top heels, if not the top heel in the company in one match. We are going to try our best to catapult him all the way there in one match. And they did it. If the, the goal was for a slow burn and Kevin Owens is going to work his way through the ranks and hold a, you know, hold a U.S. title and then kind of do this and then work his way here and then get the IC title. Okay, yeah, then it's kind of ridiculous. If next week he's going in and, and fighting you know Neville or whatever, he's fighting Bo Dallas or whatever, yeah, absolutely. But no, he's not doing it. He, his goal right now is, okay, fuck all those other guys. You're in the top. You're in the echelon now. Yeah. You're in that top five. And look, we'll see. What- right away. And that was the goal. That was it, and it did it. And they're going right to a rematch. And we'll see what they do. Listen, you know, we could be singing a totally different tune after that. Yeah, match. I'm not in love with that. I'm not in love with the going right back to the rematch. But but so far, so good, man. And yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. We'll see how they handle the rematch. And we'll see what they do. And, you know, the other thing, too. And, you know, I know part of this is, you know, we should mention he signed a, a main roster contract. Owens did. Correct. And obviously, you know, and, and Vince makes those calls. From everything we've been told via Dave Meltzer, Vince decides when these guys get called up. And like Meltzer said, it doesn't matter if they're in the middle of a program or if they're the champion. If he wants them up from NXT, they're coming up. Right. Okay. So obviously somebody wanted this guy called up, and that's the big guy. Okay. And I'm talking. I'm not talking about Ryan 33 on Tinder. I'm talking about the real big guy, uh, VKM. <laughs> okay. He wanted this guy up, and he got him up. And uh, so he'll drop the title at some point, um, or or you know vacate it. Or, you know, the, the best thing they can do in terms of that, I would have Owens come out there on NXT and say, you know what? Um, I, I told you guys, you know, fantasy booking alert. You know that I hate this, but I'll, you guys can cut me a break. I never rich. Do I ever fantasy book? <laughs> Not often. No, even even in conversations with you, it doesn't happen. Do, often, I, yeah. do I detest fantasy booking? Uh, to an extent, yeah. yeah so, but I'm going to fantasy book here because I'm excited. And, you know, it's good to be excited about wrestling. I, I'm curious if your story is the same as mine. We'll, we'll go. Yeah, we'll yeah. have a fantasy I'll book. I'll go, then here. you'll go. And I have a yeah. feeling it's going to be similar. Are you holding a pencil right now? Or? I'm not holding a pencil. I, yes, yeah, I'm well. wearing a, a visor and I'm holding a pencil <laughs> and I have, I have a puffy sleeve shirt on. So I, I don't know why I'm an 1880s banker. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I am just but, where, I'm just holding a pencil and a, and a notebook. Yeah, but. so I'm a, I'm a colonial era banker, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know um, I have a curly mustache and. I'm writing with a quill pen, in fact. Um, no, but what I would do is, um, you know, I, I'd have Owens come out on NXT and say, look, I told you guys that I'm a prize fighter and I fight for my family. And uh, this NXT thing was great, but I got a bigger prize in mind now. And I don't want this NXT title. Uh, I want the insert title here, whether that's the United States title, which would obviously make a ton of sense right now, world heavyweight title, whatever. And I'd have him leave that fucking thing in the center of the ring and walk the fuck out of Orlando. How about that? Yeah, I, I, my thing's similar. My thing is, again, you know, because he's always said, and, and from the beginning of his NXT has been his motivation is the family and, and, and money. He's he's always been, and that's something I really enjoy, too, about it, because, you know, a lot of these WWE wrestlers live in this universe where we, we have no idea what, like, finance, you, you know what I mean? Like, there's no incentive one way or another, but he's always said, money is my incentive, you know, feeding my family or whatever. And he can just point blank say, look, I got a WWE contract, you know, I'm, I'm on the main roster, that was my goal, is to feed my family and do that. And yeah, I mean, I it's, it's very similar to you, and it's the same th- thing where he vacates it. I don't think he has to lose it to anybody. I don't think, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with him saying, look, you know, I'm <laughs> moving on to the next chapter. I did what I wanted to do here at NXT, you know, let, you know, someone else can have it. And, 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 and people could talk about, oh, he's devaluing the title, but he's a, ch- he's a chicken shit heel. So it doesn't, you, you know, cause at the end, him, you know what though, at the end of the day though, too, it's just developmental. 
Exactly right, and and that's the thing. People again, and and I wanted to sit, bring that up is that people bring that up like, oh no, how's he going to lose this NXT? How's he going to whatever? I mean, yeah, it, it, leave it in the ring. I would, <laughs> I, I would prefer they don't beat him. I mean, look, yeah, I, I, would... I like Samoa Joe and all. I like um, Valor and all, but I just prefer they don't beat him. He shouldn't lose yet. Mm-mm. You know, so, he shouldn't take a pin. He shouldn't take a pin on WWE television for quite some time. Look, I mean, he, this is you no. Know, I agree. I, I mean, I, if they do beat him in NXT, I don't think it's the end of the world. Would I beat him though? Would Joe Lanza, eighteen eighties Joe Lanza, with the visor and the curly mustache and the puffy sleeve shirt and the quill pen, would would he beat him? No, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't beat him. No. I think there's many other ways around it other than just having him. I mean, especially the way he's his character's been built, the way he talks, the way you know his motivations, or whatever. It's very simple in that in that in that universe, just to have him. And he's done that numerous times. He's you know ducked away from fights and done that sort of stuff. Where yeah, maybe they book something. and He goes, you know, no, nah, I'm on the main roster. It's fine. I don't need this. You know, and just leaves. And, and that's fine. Whatever. It's over. It's done. They could do a three way and beat someone else. Uh, look, there's a million different things they could do. Let, let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, well, I, and I think even the three-way, because the problem is there's no motivation for him. Any, and, and that's the thing, and that's what they've done such a good job of Kevin Owens is that that his he's stuck to the, the plan. And I, him getting upset about losing the NXT title, you know, he he worried about that for a little bit when he was facing Cena, and he said, oh, I have the real title here. But, you know, now, if it, now once you can be transparent about it. Hey, I got my WWE contract, and now I'm making more money than I'll ever make in NXT. Bye. You know? That's fine. I don't think there's a big deal in that, but whatever. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Like you said they, they, they'll get to it one way or another. But yeah, I would not have him take a visual pin for for a long time. I feel dirty, Rich. For fantasy booking, I've had enough fantasy booking. What's your SummerSlam card, Joe? I, I <laughs> can't do this anymore. I I I feel filthy. I feel like a 3 a.m. Tinder mistake just happened, and I'm 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 staring at <laughs> a lot of there's second Tinder reference I, right I'm, here. I'm, what, what do you got on your mind? It's Friday night, Joe. I, I feel, if you want me to go, I we don't have to do this. Right? Get out of here I, if you want. To. I feel like I've just hopped in the car after a mistake, and I'm staring at that man in the mirror, wondering where my life has gone. I that's what that's how fantasy. You do that every day, isn't that every day in your life? Oh, whoa, Rich with the shade. Wow, that's some heavy shade, man. Uh, I just fantasy being fantasy me? booking is the shits. Um, let's move on. You want to talk about the okay. rest of this card? Or, yeah, let's uh, let's run down it real quick because uh, people are always every time we say nobody cares about our elimination chamber, WWE pay per view things. Everybody goes, yeah, we care, even though it's you know been over a week. But that's fine. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll go over that real quick. I don't think we need to go into excruciating detail, but we're kind of quick quickly go over these. Um, uh, I don't know if you watched the pre-show match between Stardust and Zack Ryder, but <laughs> I actually know. Uh, the, the good news is, the good news is, I think people have joined your bandwagon and and really are starting to kind of not really kind of get what the hell Stardust you know, is Rich, or what it's supposed I, I to be. Tell you, it's 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 that that's a victory for us. I, I, think. I, I didn't even watch this match, but I mean, I I'm ahead of the curve on so many things, and why don't people listen to Joe Lanza? Okay, you know, it's like I've been on this thing for quite some time for the Cody Rhodes thing. This is this is two years running for me of of just every time I hear over or underrated Cody Rhodes. Uh, where what what are you talking about? Like, I don't even argue it anymore because I, I just don't even listen to it anymore. But yeah, I've... <sighs> people are catching up now. Did you see finally. the match? I didn't see the match. Uh, I, yeah, it was it was okay. It was a, it was, it was a match. <laughs> it was a match. Yeah, Let's it was just... it was six minutes and and yeah, I. Yeah. All right. Uh, the opener was the tag team elimination chamber match. This was the New Day defeating the Lucha Dragons, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, the primetime players, the Ascension, and Los Matadores. I did not like this. You enjoyed this. Okay. Can I clarify something? Maybe not enjoyed, but okay. Yes. Let me let me clarify because okay. I took a lot of heat on Twitter, but <laughs> rightfully so. 
<laughs> I, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, go. we'll see what you think. But the, the, the bottom line is this with this match. This match, people were ripping this match and complaining about the match. And the, the thing about this match was it was exactly what I expected. You had 14 people, 14 people. You had six tag teams and then two extra people inside of this elimination chamber ring. Did people think that this was going to be a smooth, well-constructed match? I knew it was going to be a sloppy spot fest, and that was what I was trying to convey on Twitter. It was exactly what I expected it to be. Um, and I th- and I do think people were too hard on it, maybe because they had different expectations, and maybe I wasn't hard on it because it met my expectation. <laughs> it, it, it was exactly what I thought it would be. And, you know, I I never once disagreed that it was sloppy. In fact, the exact words out of my mouth were that this is sloppy. You know, the first tweet that I sent out. But then, of course, you got these goofballs on Twitter with their hyperbole. And then all of a sudden, people were calling it the Lanza match of the year. And look, that stuff doesn't bother me. (laughs) Listen, they can bust balls. I don't mind. I bust balls. People can bust my balls. I don't care. But I never said that. All I said was the match was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And, and. Just on pure work rate alone for the fact that everybody worked really hard, I think it was like a two and three quarter, three star match. You know, I see people saying, oh, it was a dud. It was once. Oh, come on. Give me a break. It wasn't that bad. It was it was a it, you know, it was just a fun, sloppy spot fest. I wasn't offended watching this match at all. And I have no fucking idea what Callisto was attempting to do. But it- yeah, there was a lot, a lot, the first half of the match for me and, and mostly Callisto doing like, whatever he had, There were two things that he, he was up to on top of that pod for like 20 minutes. I don't know what the hell he was doing up there. And then the, the new day kept having to recover him by like, you know, grabbing his feet. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then he gets up there to the top of the, the, the chamber and then just kind of fall. I, like there was just a bunch of the first half of the match I thought was really, you know, you talked about a sloppy spot fest and I thought, and you know me, I'm not one to complain about, you know, a spotty match or anything like that. But this was basically, it was, it was hard for me to get into it. Cause it was just, there were so many guys in the ring, so many untalented people as well. Cause you had the Ascension in there and it was focused on them. And, and just, it, it seemed like a lot of just kind of like, Hey, what can we do with as many people as possible? And it was like, it was like, they were kind of like, they had no idea, no plan, no thought. It was just kind of, okay, I'm going to go here and then we're going to jump into all these people and see what happens. Okay. And then we're going to go here. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really like that anymore. I'm just going to kind of hang up here for 10 minutes. And see. it was just, it, the whole thing was weird. It got a lot better at the end. And I think that's what kind of saved it. And that, see, I disagree. I, I thought it was better when it was a clusterfuck in the beginning. Uh, and it I was, was too clusterfucky. I was, though. I was bored once all the teams got eliminated. That's when it went too long and it got boring for me. And, I, uh, and I'm glad you yeah. brought up the Ascension because I thought they looked better in this match than they've ever looked in this company. Well, yeah, I mean, what? Okay. That's not exactly high praise. Yeah, I I thought they sucked like they always fucking suck. That's fair. That's fine. But I mean, I I thought (laughs) they were just as awful as they always are. I was more impressed with them in this match than I have. And and believe me, that's not exactly high praise because I've 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 always thought they were just flat out terrible. I don't even think they've ever been passable. I just I just think they're flat out terrible. I think what helped this match a lot is there was another chamber match later in the night that we'll talk about that. You know, and that's you know, I'm. you know, you, you, sometimes I feel like you're in my head, Rich, and I'm glad you brought that up while we were still talking about this match, because, you know, one thing I said during this match was, look, I'll take a sloppy spot fest with a bunch of dumb spots over being bored out of my mind. And then yeah. what did we get two hours later? We got a chamber match with nothing, with no juice. And I was begging for those guys to do some sloppy, stupid spots that made no sense. Yeah, I need Dolph Ziggler now falling into 10 people and hurting his neck or something because, you know, that's, yeah, that, that it was... 
They proved prove my point two hours later that, I, that <laughs> I'd rather have the sloppy garbage. It was I, I preferred the slop over the uh, the, the boar, but yeah, I, I thought there was I thought there was a few different ways that they could have done it a little bit more fun, and and I think maybe it, it, you know to your point, you, you said you liked when everybody was in there. I think there, it could have been a little bit better if if it was a little bit more control because it kind of felt like a battle royal at points, and it was I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think fundamentally there was no real way that this match was ever going to be good given how many people had to be in it. I mean, there's just not enough room for these guys to be in here, so. I, I get it from that extent, and yeah, I, I probably hated it more when it was immediately, felt, uh, you know, done versus after I watched that elimination or the uh, the, the intercontinental elimination. Then I was kind of like, ah, uh, you know what? Yeah, maybe it wasn't that bad because because this was that that one was you know the dirt war. We'll, we'll get to that one here in a sec. But uh, uh, moving on, Nikki Bella versus Paige versus Naomi. This boy, man, this is pretty bad. <sighs> wow. It's not a good match. Not a good match. Not not a good for us, uh, Team Naomi. That was uh, not a sterling match for uh for those on team Naomi, it was, this was another situation where, you know, you can kind of, you know, competition is always good, you know, in, in, in any, I'm not just talking about wrestling, you know, it's when, when you're being pushed, you're usually at your best, whether it's whatever you do for a living, um, you know, competing for the attention of the opposite sex. I don't care what we're talking about here. Competition drives people. And you really get the sense that the female wrestlers in this company are driving each other to top each other yeah. and be better. But, you know, sometimes you just got to stay in your lane. And, you know, a reverse hurricane around a spot with the people that were involved, you know, it just, you know, I, listen, you know I'm the last guy to complain about dangerous spot. That looked dangerous. That was, yeah, that was sickening. That was real close to breaking Paige's neck. And, and I mean, you're just not ready for that. And, you know, I no, and, it, was, it was not good. And I was critical, you know, on last week's show or the week before where, you know, I thought that Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch tried something that that was that was out of their lane with, you know, catching her on the dive outside the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, you know, the, you're not Cesaro, you know, I mean, I understand, but you're out there. Look. I, I appreciate the gumption, but there's some things that some wrestlers sometimes should like Callisto. What the fuck was he doing? I mean, obviously the end result was not what he was setting out to do. Yeah, I, I think he was trying to do like a, a, a backflip or, or some sort of front flip onto the people, but then he just kind of fell. He couldn't get his <laughs> and momentum. Then, and then nobody caught him too. The worst part was there's ten dudes and like people just put arms on. It's like guys, come on. You know, can, Somebody, these guys, like, can these guys watch a Dragon Gate tape now and then? I, I know they don't know how to catch they these guys. Catch they just up looking like they're gonna. They're, someone's gonna get serious. You, there's you know? fourteen. Yeah. Well, no, I thought like like listen to one. There's fourteen dudes or whatever at, at the bottom. Guys, get in the way. It's not gonna. You're not gonna get hurt. No. You're not. You you guys can catch him. But yeah, like like guys are just putting their arms out. And like yeah, your wrist is not gonna stop. You're gonna get more hurt putting your wrist out there than just putting the rest of your body out there when there's ten dudes. Yeah. It's it's, it's yeah. You got people trying shit that they're just not a ready or equipped to do it that's what's gonna hurt example. people you know dave always, dave always said all oh, these guys are doing their flips and that sort of stuff not in, in dragon gate they fall into 37 dudes exactly. so they never like we talk about all the time genki horiguchi can fall onto people till he's 60 because every time he j- dives onto people there's 37 people catching him but those, yeah and the kalisto is nobody's dives yeah. i mean they're just they're, they're totally safe because they're so low impact yeah i mean you know it, it's this is just uh, i don't know and the reverse round look i appreciate the fact that she tried to get creative and do something that she saw somebody do on a tape somewhere but it just i, I man i don't know and it it just it makes you groan too it, it was so ugly and i don't know what's going on with Paige. i mean 
she hasn't had. Any. Yeah, I was. I wanted to bring that up too. Uh, we, we always we're always kind of waiting for that great page match, and we you know we saw some in NXT, and we saw hints of it or whatever. But really, on the main roster, she's been having some shitty matches. And I mean, look, the Tamina match is a contender for worst match of the year. I know that you blow off Raw a lot. Did you see the Tamina? I have not seen that one the yet. Tamina no. page match is is. Look, my pick is still that Roman Reigns-Seth Rollins match. I'll, I will be alone on that island until a fucking tsunami uh, sweeps through that island and takes me with it. But I still say that that Raw match with Roman Reigns and and uh, Seth Rollins from January is the worst match of the year. But this this Tamina-Page match is going to get a lot of votes, and it might win. It was that bad, Rich. Um, it's worth seeking out. But that was mostly on Tamina because Tamina stinks. And mm-hmm. Tamina stinks, and she really—I mean, I don't—I don't see the point or why she's on the roster. I mean, it, it's like, but, but anyway, um, you know, Paige just she—you know—that's not—that's not Louis this time. You hear that barking? Yeah, I know. Yes, uh, that, that is that is Joe Dogs. I'm responsible. So. <laughs> you know, normally, normally, my, Louis's not even here. Louis in South Carolina. So yeah, this is my normally my dogs are very well behaved, uh, but I'm dog sitting this week. I have I have my ex girlfriend's <laughs> dog here. And not only it's a puppy, it's uh, about three months old, four months old, and she's completely out of control and harassing, <laughs> biting your other dogs, harassing my off. poor dogs and biting their necks and trying to get them to play. She's a puppy. She's trying to play. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's you know prancing around the house looking for puppy things to do, and uh, you know she's some wires, probably some wires she's going to try to eat later. I've so. got this Chihuahua who's a rescue. Uh, she's probably pushing ten years old, and she doesn't want. She doesn't want to deal with this shit. You know, she's an old lady. She just all she wants to do is sit on the couch, hang out, and get a treat now and then. You know what I mean? That's all she wants to do at this point in her life. Okay, she just wants to sit on the couch and chill out until she croaks. And then I get this puppy over here barking at her, nipping at her neck, and it's like I feel terrible for uh, for Lexi, the Chihuahua, who's uh, being uh, harassed to no end here by Piper, uh, not named after Roddy. Uh, by the ex-girlfriend because the ex-girlfriend probably doesn't know who Roddy Piper is, but Piper, the puppy here harassing, uh, the, the poor Chihuahua and my boss interior, she's just upstairs hiding somewhere to get away. From <laughs> just fuck this. Yeah. She's just not dealing with it. She's like, I'm out of here. I'm under a bed somewhere. You're not even going to find me. So they like when I go to work because then the puppy gets locked in the cage. My dogs don't need to be in the cage. They're well behaved. The puppy's got to go in the cage. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's the random barking you're going to be hearing. But okay, yeah. But yeah so. so anyway, bottom line, Paige has stunk lately, and we don't know why. Yeah, I, and it's it's a lot of it's been. I mean, even even go back to the AJ ones. I mean, that's I. It's been a thing where, and it could be, of course. I I agree. It, it, it at some point could just be the, the talent around her, and that she needs you know these good workers around her. And then when Sasha comes up and all these people, then we're gonna talk. But I mean, yeah, that AJ one was no good. You know, the AJ. Few, I mean, they had how many matches? Just every single one. None of them we, ever we blamed, got to that we level. Blamed it on lack of chemistry, but. I mean, it's it hasn't happened with anybody yet, really. So yeah, it, it there's been a few off off matches here and there that showed her potential, but yeah, it, it's it's been very, it's it's been odd, especially when ever improving Nikki Bella and her just can't seem to ever get it together either. But and Naomi has so much potential, but she's so sloppy. Yeah, it's 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 there's a lot of ways to go for her. I feel bad I, for that crop that came up before the NXT things. It really would have done them a lot of good. You know, I, it might not be the worst idea to take somebody like Naomi who clearly has potential. 
and just stick her in NXT for a year. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if she's well, you know, that's hard to swallow. Yeah, your that's, pride that's tough. Because you've yeah, been exactly. on the main roster for what, four years now or whatever it is. She's been around a while. The whole funk. Yeah, three, thing, four years I, at that point. Yeah. You know, are people willing to swallow their pride and go down there and, and learn and get better? I, I don't know. But I mean, that wouldn't be the worst thing for somebody like that. I mean, I think some of the main roster girls, there's no hope. I mean, Summer Rae is always going to be terrible. Uh, right. Tamina is like pushing 40 at this point. Not really, but she's definitely over 30, right? I mean, there's just nothing there with her. I she, think, yeah, I think, yeah, early, she, early to mid 30s. She stinks and there's no upside. And Summer Rae, Summer Rae is the classic newborn baby deer uh, or newborn baby giraffe who can't even stand up, stand upright half the time. Yeah, just, just no athleticism. She's just whatsoever. terrible. She, but someone yeah. like Naomi, you could stick her and, and absolutely. I think what about the other funky she's, she's, she's the worst too. She has no hope. Uh, uh whatever the hell her. Uh, oh, I don't even. She's not even around. I haven't even seen her in a while. What the hell is her? Keep her around for total divas, I think. I mean, the hell is her name now? I can't. Cameron, even, I know Cameron, her. Cameron. Cameron. Is that? No hope. No Adriana or what? I, I forgot. I, I go you're, by her. Her gimmick old, name's Cameron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't blame you for thinking her name's Adrian because she gets more. You know, she gets more <laughs> more divas. Total divas. Yeah. But I mean, she stinks too. There's no hope. But someone like Naomi, there's some upside there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's got it, it, it. Just needs to be molded, and I don't know if it ever can on the main. I don't think there's going to be enough time on the main roster, or enough you know, enough opportunities on the main roster to really do that. Yeah, she she would she would benefit from that a lot, but that's gonna be tough. Uh, we'll move on here. Uh, Kevin Owens, John Cena. We talked about that at length. Um, you know, we both love that, and not much more to say on that. Uh, Neville versus Bo Dallas. This was this was kept quick. It was, it was a little under nine this was minutes. So bad. Uh, it was not very good. No. Bo Dallas. <laughs> Bo Dallas thinks and he did the same thing on Raw. Bo Dallas seems to think – I think he's watched a lot of his father's tapes because Bo Dallas seems to think that it's 1986 and he's working a house show in the Cap Center in Washington, D.C. or Boston Gardens or Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens or the Philly Spectrum or MSG or the L.A. Sports Arena. Or he was trained or, in NXT slash FCW and this is, this is the, the what you get. I mean he thinks he's Butch Reed in 1986 working a house show with these, non, yeah. with these nonstop rest holds that don't – Get heat anymore. Give it up, guys. It doesn't work. It just does not get crowd heat anymore. I'm not going on that rant again because that started no, that don't. started the whole Stardust thing, uh, you know, several months back. Mm-hmm. But that's how Bo Dallas works, and it, it sucks, and his matches all suck as a result. And how do you make Neville boring? Well, you're Bo Dallas. That's how. Yeah. You ground him and, and you don't ever let him do anything except for at the end. Yeah, I thought Neville. I thought Neville did a good job here. And you know, for me though, the problem and, and you mentioned it again with the rest holds and all that sort of stuff. Neville selling for Bo Dallas for as long as he did was just so silly. You know what I mean? Like at this point, when you look at the trajectories of the two guys, this should have been Neville coming in and in, in a minute beating this guy and then walking away and just staying whatever. I mean, there you're, you're not going to resurrect anything with Bo Dallas anymore. There's no point in having a back and forth. 10 minute match like that. You know what I mean? Like there's sometimes where we would talk about objectives, you know, again, we get to the objectives. What is the objective of this match is to get Neville over. Just get through it. You know what I mean? Like they don't need 10 minutes. It's these heels need to evolve and get with the times. You, you can't, your heat segments can't be these long. He put them in a, like a cravat for what yeah, felt yeah. like an hour. Just come on. You, you got to evolve. And, and I'm not going to say the magic. You got to, you got to, well, uh, yeah, Rest, wrestling time. progresses and moves forward, Rich. They got to change with the times. All right, I snuck it in there. Let's move on. All right, there it goes. Okay. Uh, the inter- <laughs> Speaking of, of uh, uh, not getting with the times, the Intercontinental Championship Elimination Chamber match, the vacant title, Ryback, your new champion, defeating R-Truth, Seamus King Barrett, Dolph Ziggler, and the returning 
Mark Henry, who was a face here and then a heel the next night on Raw, because they don't remember. But that's what Mark Henry <laughs> do or does. Yeah. Is he grammatically correct with that catchphrase or no? Um, no, but that's what I, it's all right. He is. That's what I do. That's grammatically. That's, is that what he says? He say because that's what I don't know. I, is, I don't is care. That what, that's what I do. Isn't that his big thing? He's going to split wigs or something. Yeah, he, he splits wigs for sure. He definitely yeah. splits wigs. I mean, someone is going to get their wig split for sure. That, that's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. But um, my, my brother is going to get his wig split if he keeps taking these TMZ photos of Mark Henry at the grocery <laughs> store. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Mark Henry is going to get angry. What does Mark Henry buy at the grocery store other than like meat? I imagine just lots of meat. I picture a lot of meat. Meat and milk and just that's it. Maybe like black hair care products. Okay. I mean, he's a black guy, right? I assume. Yeah, you don't get you get, you go to a better place than a grocery store for that, right? I don't. I'm just saying, maybe that's. Yeah, that's I don't think he goes to a grocery store. I don't know. Nah, I think he goes somewhere else. Like, where's he going? Like, uh, like Ice Cube's uh, barbershop. Well, no, we have a lot of yeah, we have a lot of like, and I don't know if it's that way in Texas or whatever. Where I'm, where I'm at, there, there's a lot of like, you know, like hair and braid stores and beauty stores or whatever Doesn't that are very much shaved head. Um, right now, yeah, I think so. I forgot. He doesn't need black hair care. Yeah, I was going to say maybe in the dreads days. I mean, he's returning the stuff that he had when he had his dreads. So, What are we talking about? This match was terrible, the match by the was way. match was bad. Um, there's nothing really to say here. Ryback won. Ryan 33 was your big winner here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was... It was a- Daniel Bryan pathetically tried to get his heat on <laughs> Ryback. At the- I, to be fair, Ryback's slightly over right now. So I, I, I'm not totally upset with that move of having Ryback win it. But it's just when this was over, it was just like, oh, God, like mercifully. And this went 25 minutes. There's people that are in 25. Right, 25 excruciating minutes. It was like 10 minutes in, and, and one of my dogs wanted to go outside. So I said, you know what, Michelle, here, I'm going to go walk outside. Let me know what happens when this match is over. Whatever. I come back in. We went around the block, back and forth, you know, whatever. And I came back in. And I said, this thing's still going on? And I said, what happened when I left? And she went, um, nothing really. And I went, no, something had to have happened. And, and I look on Twitter and everyone's just like, oh, God, nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, uh, like I, I, I couldn't believe it. I left 12 minutes in and I came back and, you know, I still had six minutes left to go before this thing was over. It was, it was unbelievable. You know, it's funny. Owens and Cena did too much in their sub 20 minute match. But then you had this piece of shit that went on for over 25 minutes. I wish they would have done something. You know, people complain, oh, they did too much. I wish these guys would have did too much. No, I don't even know how to highlight this match. What, what was something you remember from this match? Here's, a, here's what about. I remember from this match. They, here's <laughs> what I remember. They didn't do too much, and that was a problem. I wish they would have done too much. That's what I. That's my takeaway from this match. Please, I'm begging you to do too much. Please, please. And this is, what is your theory on the, what happened to Sheamus when he was locked in the pod? That's the, the big thing right now because the announcers are so fucking awful that they can't possibly get any story over or talk about anything related to the match. Nobody had any clue what was going on, why he was stuck in there. Apparently, he he tried to get stuck in there. Like, he put his cross in there. I, I didn't know. I, I walked away for a second and came back, and he's banging on the door, and the announcers are laughing about something. I I honestly, I don't know. Yeah, nobody. I again, haven't put any I, extra thought into it, and the match just stunk. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I have nothing else to add here. I mean... I know that you're doing a radio show. You're supposed to have a take even when there's no take. To I add. can't. I got nothing. But I, I, got I, nothing. Don't, I don't have anything here. All right, so move on to the <laughs> I'm right with you. I, I, I don't even know if I picked a, a, a GIF. When we, when we were doing the review here, I just think I left it and just said, okay, never mind. Forget it. Because there was just nothing. Senior Lariato had nothing to even GIF. That's why I went back and I was like, oh, okay, like nothing. There's zero in this match. 
Joe, I have no idea what to even bring up, so we're not even going to bring it up. We're going to move on. Main event here, uh, the World Heavyweight Championship, Dean Ambrose defeating Seth Rollins by DQ so he doesn't win the title. A little dusty finish, the return of the dusty finish, Joe. What were your thoughts on, on this match and, and, and the finish of Dean Ambrose hinting towards a title win, but then, of course, just winning by DQ and the title does not change hands? I thought this was a very well-worked match. Yeah, the problem, it was really good. The problem is I don't care about a single person involved in this. I don't care about Ambrose. I don't care about Seth Rollins. I don't care about Kane or Jamie Noble or Joey Mercury or Triple H or Stephanie McMahon. I don't care about the authority. I just zone out when anything authority related comes on the screen. I'm not into it. It's it's not a storyline meant for me. I don't know who it's meant for. I don't know who enjoys this shit. It's not what I enjoy in my wrestling. Um, there's a lot of things this company's doing. We spoke at length about Kevin Owens. There's a lot of cool things going on in NXT. I like the re-enhanced tag division. The authority, I just don't care. And, you know, when I watch Raw on my DVR, as soon as anything authority-related hits the screen, mm-hmm. I go right to that fast-forward button. I just don't care. I can't get in any. There's just no juice. Yeah, it's it's got nothing right now. And 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 the the, the only time that the authority, and it, it was a few years ago, where, where they legitimately had something there, or at least something that people were interested in, is the Daniel Bryan thing. Because like you know, we mentioned the Kevin Owens thing. There was some rooted. There was some reality rooted in that. That 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 Daniel Bryan felt that he wasn't getting his due, and that you know the quote authority was holding him back because of he was too small and he wasn't the look or whatever. And that's fine. It works for that. It works for that point. Cause that, that's something that you can kind of suspend your disbelief and say, yeah, fuck that. WWE management doesn't get that. Daniel Bryan's a, a star. But I don't believe that for one second about Dean Ambrose. I don't even know what the hell their story is right now. Other than they're kind of protecting Seth Rollins sort of. And like, I don't even know why they're doing it. It's just, there's nothing there. There's no juice to the heel authority thing. Like it's so over. It's, it's, we've been saying this for seven years now. Eight, nine, ten. I mean, you can go out forever that this thing is is just. But yeah, I, I'm right with you too. There's just no juice in, in anything that involves the authority, mostly because these matches, you know, you're not getting anything definitive. No, you're getting Kane and J and J interfering. It's just not my thing. Well, and especially this, which, which. To be fair, this is Elimination Chamber, and we, we talked at length about how this was the good thing for WWE to do, is to, to have these specials and, and do these sort of things. And we knew this was going to be a bridge to that next month, a bridge to Money in the Bank or whatever. So it, it the goal was build up Money in the Bank, so I can't be too upset with it. But yeah, it, it was hard to really get into it, even though it was a well-worked match, because it was just, you, you knew at the end it wasn't going to be worth, your, your time was going to, it was... And that's the thing with all these, you know, you know, in the past two months where it's been, oh, how is Kane going to interfere? And, and, you know, it's when you're watching these 18 minute matches, there's no point because nothing's nothing that happens in minute 10 is going to matter when it's over. You know what I mean? And this match immediately was over. And now, you know, seven, eight days later, what what was accomplished in it? What was what? You know, why did I watch that? There was nothing. The You know what the authority is? I'm going to tell you what the authority is and why it won't go away, because you're right. It did serve a purpose with the Daniel Bryan thing. And it did serve a purpose. They had their paper champion with Randy Orton. And Daniel Bryan eventually was going to uh, – and, and Daniel Bryan won in the end because he won the title yeah. at WrestleMania. And, and, and they told – and it really should have ended there. Um, but what the authority is, Vince McMahon struck a chord, the billion-dollar chord, 15 years ago or whatever it was with the working-class – people who predominantly watch wrestling who relate who were able to relate to Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon because they all hated their job and they all hated their boss they all hated the man and they really nailed it with that story and they really 
hit an emotional chord with their fan base with the Mr. McMahon thing. And Vince McMahon has been trying to recreate that magic for the last 15 to 18 years, which is why these heel authority figures never go away. It worked once, and Vince is still insistent, being stubborn and trying to go back to that well. Yeah. What worked 15 years ago might not work 15 years later. What worked 20 years ago might not work 20 years later. Um, and we've seen this pattern with Vince McMahon. You know, he hit it big with Hulk Hogan, with the superhero babyface. And what has he been trying to recreate ever since Hulk Hogan? Whether it was with Lex Luger, whether it's with John Cena, whether it's with Bobby Lashley, you can go right down the line. He's been trying to recreate the superhero mega babyface. And, and it, that's his pattern. He finds something that works. Yeah. and he con- It's one of his weaknesses, actually, because uh, he does have weaknesses. He has a lot of weaknesses to go along with a lot of his strengths. But he, he tries to recreate things uh, to the point – ad nauseum if they work once. And that's what the authority is. It's Mr. McMahon reincarnated, like all of these heel authority figures are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm over it in general. I mean, not more you could really say there, but yeah, we'll uh, kind of preach into the choir there. I think everybody's pretty well over that now, and 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 it's it's a wrestling thing in general. It's 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 very telling. It's it's just bizarre. And again, it's it's like you said, the Attitude Era came and went, and everybody said, "Oh my God!" and everybody made so much money, and were, that people just think that that's kind of how it has to be. And and you know what's funny is, and we talk about this all the time, where you know, you and I, I, I grew up, you know, a little bit before the Attitude Era, saw some stuff. You obviously were way, you know, way ahead of the Attitude Era, and, and we're watching, and and not, that's not an old joke, Joe. Don't worry. I'm, I'm just, you know, but there's kids who grow up that that's just how wrestling. Is think about that. From 1998 until the present, you've just always had that. Okay, and we're back. I was ranting about heel authority figures or something, and then we got disconnected. But now we've updated Skype, and uh, I believe this will be our last episode we ever record on Skype because I think you and I have <laughs> about had enough of the Skype issues. But either way, we're gonna try and see how this works, and I'll hopefully formulate some type of good show out of this. So, Joe, any other thoughts on uh, Elimination Chamber before we move on? No. No, I didn't think so. Samoa Joe, the uh, the much talked about, the much discussed, the the very awesome progressive Samoa Joe contract uh, is no more. He signed an official WWE deal. Um, he's going to take dates, uh, independence, or he, he's he's going to fulfill the dates that he already did for independence. But after August, that's all done, and then he's a full time WWE guy. So. The Joe touring the Indies thing, unfortunately, you know, lasted uh, what about three weeks, four weeks. Yeah, and I think he has bookings through August. Yeah, through through I believe the be the the, the beginning of the middle of August, and then after that, it's it's all over. Yeah, so, so it looks like the ROH deal with Destination America is what prompted this. So yes, which is interesting because you know some people have talked about uh, us included that that Samoa Joe it seemed like he knew this was coming and that his tweet sort of mentioned that and we we even mentioned last week that we thought maybe Triple H knew something about this that that maybe they did and maybe it was a long time coming and these guys knew ahead of time uh, Dave Meltzer reports that this kind of caught everybody by surprise it caught WWE by surprise Joe I'm not so much sure but wh- who do you think knew about this deal and 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 did everybody think this was just going to be kind of okay for a while or did Joe think that WWE wouldn't mind or did it catch him by surprise too because because I'm not t- entirely sure who knew I'm what and, and, and what I'm, they did I'm still yeah. Convinced he knew but i but apparently we were wrong that yeah i mean it caught everyone else by it. you look at his tweets it seems it, I, i'm convinced he knew 
I, I agree. I agree. It, it, it was too ominous. It was too ominous the day before saying we're going to change the way this game is. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. The day before he was saying things like, if you think things are crazy now, what do you see about tomorrow? Things like that. So I, but, but whatever, um, you know, WWE apparently didn't know. And they don't now that, now that ROH is on national TV, um, you know, I guess they could have told him don't work for ROH, but I guess the language of whatever contract he had, mm-hmm. maybe they couldn't, you know, go back and just specify, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess wouldn't ROH fall under other national television companies? Yeah, at that point, yes. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's TV syndication is fine for them. Maybe they were going to say, hey, whatever, you know, do a few shows here and there or whatever. We, we, we kind of knew there was a shelf life to it regardless. Once he got over, oh, yeah. it was going to be over. But yeah, in, in this in this respect, though, I think once they got national TV, OK, now you're you're a national competitor. And that, and that speaks volumes to what we're going to talk about here in a little bit of them being a true at this point. You know, number two promotion where WWE goes, okay, no, we can't have, you know, one of our stars on national TV, you know, getting over, you know, large uh, in in some ways based off what we did. So, yeah, we knew it was going to come at some point, but it just got accelerated a lot by the Ring of Honor news. Combined with the fact that NXT needs stars if they're going to tour, combined with the fact that his T-shirt sold out, uh, you know, within a matter of hours, I guess they just figured all those things together. We might as well just get the guy signed. So. Yeah, just just forget it. Get rid of the formalities and stuff. And yeah, I mean, we're we're looking at it now with Kevin Owens, you know, on the fast track to the WWE roster that that Joe now is an important position. If before it was kind of you had time for him, now now you know what? Hey, it's kind of let, let's get going. I mean, if the guy's a draw and, and is selling T-shirts or whatever, no reason to you know dick around with it. Just just debut him and and have him go. He could, you, he you could know? be the face of that touring brand right. at this point. So. Um, you know, that's probably what they're, what they're playing. I mean, look, we talked last week, look, this wasn't going to last. Eventually they were going to sign a guy. So, and it didn't, you know, it didn't even last a week. So, yeah. So well, that's good news for him. Hey, he settled down in, in a nice huge job and I'm sure uh, the money was good too, because if he's going to turn down all the bookings and all that sort of stuff and just stay in one spot or whatever, I'm sure, sure it was good stuff. So good for him. Hey, that's, that's, that's good. And he, he, he looks super motivated and, and we're, he's ready to go. So, uh, any other WWE thoughts before we move on? No. I got nothing either. All right. ROH Destination America, the debut of the Wednesday Night Wars. You had Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, TNA. What did you watch? What did you like? Um, and then we have a little bit of ratings talk, which uh, will be the much discussed and, and much publicized ratings talk that we'll, we'll get into here in a little bit. But before we get to that, uh, what did you watch? What did you enjoy? And what did you not like? Well, I didn't watch Lucha Underground. I skipped Lucha Underground as well, unfortunately. So because we will not have coverage of that. Do I? Though I do want to talk about Lucha Underground later in the show, if possible. Well, I, I didn't set my DVR properly and it, it recorded, you know, destination America instead. Um, I don't know what the hell happened there. So I had to move some things around and everything will get recorded properly next week, but I didn't record Lucha on the ground. I'll have to watch it on demand, but I did watch ring of honor and I did watch TNA. I never watch NXT that night. I, Oh, I forgot. NXT. I forgot. I can watch that later. That's yeah. on demand. Yeah. That, that's and, to me. NXT. I don't think I've ever is since I've stopped reviewing it for the website. Now it's a one where I can I, I let maybe one or two of them pile up. Yeah. Maybe it's a Sunday, something like that. It's always just a random day. I like I I, I just do not even remember that it's on live anymore. I just and, I, I it's, and it, when it's on, it's on. You know you know. But I, I don't go out of my way to. It doesn't matter. It, you can watch it on a Thursday. You can watch it on a Sunday. You can watch it on a Saturday. It, it really. Yeah, does I not just matter. watch it in the middle of the night, or like you said, I'll let a couple pile up and then binge watch them. NXT is a nice easy watch, and it always leaves me wanting more anyway. So I don't mind watching two or three in a row. It's a nice. Sure, it's pretty fun to kind of go to the right next and right to the next one. Yeah, it's a, you know right when you're done. It's a nice easy watch. It's, it's good. Whereas Lucha Underground, I, I enjoy the show and I think the matches are great. But man, you know sometimes I'm exhausted when that show's over. 
<laughs> I, I, I do a lot of binge watching Lucha Underground as well, and especially this past month because I was really behind. So I watched basically their last, you know, four or five shows in a big chunk. And my, they had a really good run there. And I don't think we, we didn't really do a good enough job talking about it. Maybe that's just because we're not really following it, you know, as live as we, we, we probably would like to, or at least I know I'm not. But they had a real good run there, three or four shows that were just spectacular, really, really good shows where everybody, you can tell the wrestling is really rounding into form in a lot of ways. And it's really propping the show a lot. I mean, there's still the drama elements. There's still, you know, a monster in the room and all that sort of stuff. But the, the, the pure wrestling on those shows were really good. Those trios ladder matches, the death match with Mil, uh, uh, Mil Mortes and Phoenix, uh, you know, Phoenix or Phoenix or whatever. Were, were the fantastic. I, I Phoenix. Phoenix. Just a really good run. Is it? Is it Phoenix officially? Say, I know just we say it like the city. It's Phoenix. Okay. Don't let the, don't good. let the spelling throw you off. Just Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Phoenix. That's good. That's what I'm gonna do. But no, that, yeah, I've really they, they've had a really good run as of late. Here's the thing with Lucha Underground. I love the matches. Um. They're just they're just mind numbing spot fests a lot of times. And I don't mind that. I really, they do too much. God damn it! I, I, stop it, Angelico. Stop doing stop too much. Stop being exciting. Stop entertaining me. Um, yeah. So I really love the matches. The thing with Lucha Underground, though, and it's gonna annoy people, but look, Rich, we tell it like it is around here. I totally tune out the storyline stuff now. It's it's turned me off. I'm not interested in monsters in cages. I'm not interested in monsters eating bale. Um, I'm not interested in 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 Mil Muertes and his goofy valet and her licking people's faces. I just don't care. I, I watch the matches. I enjoy the matches. I love the matches, actually. I love the action on the show. I love the Jack. They got Jack Evans in the mix now. I hope he teams uh, up with Angelico at some point because um, I really uh, – Love that tag team they have down in Mexico in AAA that uh, some of our uh, uh, Lucha buddies turned me on to a few months ago. Yeah. Um, I think that Angelico is is has the potential to be a, a breakout megastar. Um, Absolutely, that, that that's something I gathered over those last four weeks is wow, this guy. I mean, just rapidly, you know, becoming one of my favorites. If he doesn't win best show. flyer in the Observer. Oh, he's done. I yeah, demand it's over. an investigation. If Kota Bushi wins, and I love Kota, if Ricochet wins, or slash Prince Puma, no, no, no. That, that's your guy. That's right the guy there. who needs to win. The guy who jumps off the top of the building and does a you know a missile drop kick from about fifty feet away, the whatever the hell that thing was, was just unbelievable. Office, yeah, I mean, he's doing flying that's so dynamic and 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 so amazing. He has to win. Yeah, he's already my vote. No, nobody could possibly. I like, like, I don't know what anybody could do. Even at this point among to, to the be, own competition on his show, where everybody's fantastic, he stands out he among, stands out too, among yeah. that yeah. show. The guy's phenomenal. I mean, he's groundbreaking, is what he is. This is a yeah. special flyer, that, and he's he's doing special things right now. And you know, shame on us for not noticing. But, but the fact of the matter is, the the. The, the the way that the 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 temple set up is allowing him to be this dynamic, jumping off the top yeah. of the office, and I mean this guy is, is something else. So I mean the action on the show is great. I'm totally turned off by some of the storylines, though. I just I just I don't know. I'm gotten to the point where, you know, and, and here's the other thing I'm tired of, and I got into it with some people on Twitter about this. I'm getting real sick and tired of people saying that Lucha Underground is not a wrestling show. It's a television drama about wrestling. Bullshit. When the show stops having matches, when I stop seeing wrestling matches, referees, three counts, title belts, commentators, 
and every ropes, ropes <laughs> yeah, like... a ring, and everything else that's associated with wrestling, then I'll say it's not a wrestling show. Okay, let's not try to make this any more than what it is. Lucha Underground is a wrestling show. Okay, it's a wrestling show with fancy cutscenes. That's all it is. Okay, I'm not saying that the the backstage stuff and the cutscenes aren't well done. We've said it a million times. They're the most well done cutscenes in the history of wrestling. They're tremendous. Um, you know, content aside, which the content has started to turn me off. Yeah, I think production in general is the best we've the probably ever seen in wrestling. Yeah, of these yeah it's, it's the best I've ever seen of any. I, in terms of lighting, the way it's lit, the theme of the lighting, the theme of the camera work, just the way everything works is, and, and undoubtedly it was going to be that. We knew that going in, it was going to be yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, but to tell me it's not a wrestling show, I mean, right down to the heel authority figure. I mean, can we, can we stop with that? <laughs> right. Okay, look, Dario Cueto's great. And he's part of what makes these cutscenes great because the guy's a tremendous actor. And he plays the role to perfection. I'll never stop telling you how much I love Cueto. Okay? And I'll never stop telling you how great the production is. But it's let's stop making it something it isn't. It's not Mad Men. It's not Game of Thrones. It, okay? It, it, it's not a television drama. It's a wrestling show. Yeah, and, so, and well, once we stop having a ring announcer ropes and a ring and, you know, yeah. It's I, a I, wrestling I, show. It's I get rich. you. These people are mental. I, I'm with you. Show. I mean, it's a it's a wrestling show with fancy cutscenes. That's all it is. The, the the only difference between Lucha Underground and Raw is is earth tones and better production on the cutscenes. That's it. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing. It's the same structure, and and, and more adult themes. You know, slightly more adult. It, it it's it's an adult Chikara. Is what it is. It's a fucking yeah, wrestling absolutely. show. Yep. Okay, so can we stop with that, please? Stop making it something it isn't. Yeah, and and you could like that aspect too because I, I think yeah, one of the things you, that, you don't you don't look if you like the dramatic aspects of it, great. I can see why you do. Yeah, but it's not a drama that has wrestling. It's a it's wrestling that has drama. Exactly. <laughs> is, 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 in yeah. fact, I wouldn't even look. It's the same formula as Impact and Raw. It's just better. It, it's just it, it, the production's better. Right, and the writing isn't. It doesn't make you. It, it's decent writing too. Yeah, it's long term. It's it, it's 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 well written. Whereas you know, raw and it, it's just not that. Yeah, but raw and impact are not well written anymore. Form, Formula wise, it's identical. Right, it's no different. It's just it's just in some aspects of it are, are are better done. That's all. And it's real. And they play spooky music while Quato's talking. Exactly. Yeah, they play so, that in I between cutscenes. I mean, come on. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, geez, it's a wrestling um, show. Please. Whereas you said that the stories, I, I haven't totally tuned out those stories yet. I, 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 I'm not into them as much as I am. For me, uh, the big thing is, okay, get to the match. Get to the match. Like, sometimes those things go a little long. I'm like, all right, all right, let's move it on. But I still think they're important to kind of tell the story of, of what's going on in the ring. And I think with certain characters, they still work. But I think, and that's a big reason why I said like that the last kind of month or so has really done it for me is because it seems like there's been less emphasis on the, 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 the backstage drama stuff. I mean, obviously you still have, you know, the, 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 the brother in the ring, you know, the brother in the high in the, the room, who's going to eat them. And, you know, they have all that stuff, whatever. But I think when you get down to it, the wrestling has really stepped up in the past, you know, maybe six, seven shows or whatever. I think the wrestling and everybody and the guys and the roster, and they've really rounded in a form of, okay, who are the guys that are the best here? Who are the featured ones? They've hit that stride absolutely and and that's to me what it would what that's done is it's made me less focused on the stories and less focused on the drama because look i'm looking forward to the wrestling now whereas sometimes it was okay the wrestling's okay and these stories are really good now the stories are good but the wrestling is phenomenal so i'm i'm, I'm already i'm kind of tuning out of the, the stories because i just want to get to the damn wrestling you know so i'm less of you where it's not turn off for me but it's 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 
it's not turn on. I'm, I'm kind of, I'll go in the other room and then come back when the wrestling starts, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the booking is as good as the wrestling. Um, yes. In, in terms of, um, except in one instance, but look, you know, I'll get to that in a second, but the booking, the Pentagon, yeah, the, the, the booking is tremendous in terms of clearly laying out who the top people are clearly having a plan and then following up on the plans. You can't rip. The booking is great. I, I, I would go as far as I say the booking is great. Now I think they blew it with Pentagon. Absolutely. I really do. Um, he lost too soon and to the wrong person. And, um, if you think that's coming from a sexist place, blow it out your ass and turn the podcast off. It has nothing – because let me tell you something. If you think that's coming from a sexist place, Rich, have I – and I used to write the reviews for this show, correct? For our website. Yeah, you did indeed. On this show or in any of my reviews, have I ever complained about Sexy Star, Ivelisse, or anybody else? No, I mean they're, all, they're all great. Let me finish my point. Yeah, go ahead. Have I, have okay. I ever compl- – Well, you were asking me a question and I answered Have it, I so. ever complained about <laughs> either one of those people beating any other man? Not once, right? Never. Okay. So anyone who thinks this is coming from a sexist place, here's your disclaimer. Go fuck yourself. Turn the podcast off. I'm not dealing with it. In this instance, I'm not even humoring you. I'm not dealing with that shit here. But what I'm saying to you here, Sexy Star was the wrong person to beat Pentagon Jr., and it was the wrong time to beat Pentagon Jr. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, the time for me was the biggest thing. Even even her, even even no matter who it was, I thought the time was not good. I, I think if there was anybody that was going to beat him, it would have had to been just one of the big monsters. Like he he could not have been no lesser any lesser people. I don't think could have beat him. And I don't mean lesser. I mean that 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 counts. Sexy Star. That counts. Phoenix. That counts. Any of the little guys. Any of the high fly. None of those. And it, if you want to have Mil Morites beat him. Okay, whatever. I'd listen to that. But any of the other guys, it would have been ridiculous. And, you know, in terms of the hardcore fan, and really that's all that's watching the show. Mm -hmm. No one else is watching the show. In terms of the hardcore fan, you could argue he was the hottest act in the company at one point. Oh, certainly. There's so many parallels to the way that they've uh, treated Pentagon Jr. to the way that WWE has treated Rusev that there's a lot of parallels there. Rusev lost to the wrong guy at the wrong time. Pentagon Jr. lost to the wrong person at the wrong time. And, you know, even if even if you wanted it to be Sexy Star, I don't think Sexy Star got as much out of it as she could have. No, she didn't really get much out of it Because she beat him too soon. He should have yeah. fucking destroyed her for months. There was no climb. There was no – it was just kind of a oh. – She should have beat him on their, yeah. you know, the big – you know, season ending show or whatever they're doing, if that's the route they wanted to go. Now, personally, I think she's the wrong person. Anyway, look, sexy star. I got news for people. She's never going to happen. Sexy star is not a star. I don't mean that to be ironic or anything. She's not a star. Sexy star is not going to happen. Um, She's the wrong person for that role. I just don't see her breaking out in any way. And, you know, we're going under the presumption that the show is going to continue and grow. And if all those things happen and they get better TV and that she will never be a major star in that show. I'm sorry. She just doesn't have it. She doesn't have the charisma. Yeah. What do you think about Ivelisse, though? I, I like I her I love Ivelisse. Yeah, I think she's great. She's great in her role. She's a tremendous wrestler. I was a big fan of hers before Lucha Underground. I mm-hmm. used to rave about Ivelisse. The problem with her is supposedly she's a real pain in the ass backstage <laughs> for, for any company that she's in. And she's a she's like a mental case, and she's she's a big problem in the back, and people think she's nuts. But in terms of look of what a, of what a fan sees, I think she's tremendous. Do I yeah. think she's I, look? Do I think she's a top star? I don't know. I'd have to see her as a babyface. I think she's a natural heel. But sexy star was the wrong person to be Pentagon Junior, and it happened way too soon. I mean, and, and now 
I mean, he was the hottest act in the company. I, I, you could argue that he, you know, he, he's still he's getting indie bookings now. You're going to see him live in Chicago. I am indeed. Yes, I did. And let me tell you something. He's a big reason people were excited when they announced that match. People were people were DMing us to go buy them tickets. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm we had to scramble. This up yeah, no, I had, we had to, we had to go to a second location. There was there's a record store that's selling tickets, and I uh, we had a guy that went to you know one location, and he said, oh god, they, you know they don't have tickets. And then AEW sent out a tweet, oh this this location doesn't have any more. Go to this one. It was like a, it was like madness because people were tr- were scrambling, and that's the only announced match so far. Those are the only guys that were announced so far. So Prince Puma, Phoenix, Mil Mortes. All right, good. I get it. Cage. I have no problem pushing those, but I think I don't think they ever intended to push Pentagon hard. But they lucked into it, so fuck yeah, it. Yeah, they got so it. So yeah. ride it, man. And look, I know these things are taped way in advance. Maybe they do see that. Maybe if there is a second season, they're gonna say, "Look, we gotta do something with this Pentagon Junior guy." True. Yeah. Because maybe you know we have to remember this isn't week to week. This was taped well in advance. Um, so I'll cut him a break there. But um, but I just that, that, that whole feud with Sexy Star is such a lousy feud. And if it, if it wasn't in such a lower profile company where the business aspects of it don't matter as much. That would be my worst feud of the year, not Cena Rusev. But because Cena mm-hmm. Rusev Just the damn has done, huge yeah. financial impacts, in my opinion, that has to be my worst feud of the year. But this Pentagon Jr. Sexy Star feud is right on its heels. I mean, that was just a bad job the way that was laid out. All right, so uh, let's move on here to the Ring of Honor TNA Destination America. You know, obviously they they have their you know back to back shows. Uh, so the debut of the Ring of Honor show, which I thought was an okay show. Uh, the card, it's you know the card when I first read it was like, ugh, that's their, you know that's how you're going to debut. It turned out to be pretty good though. It was, it was a solid show, like most Ring of Honor is. It, it's it's never offensive. It sometimes can border on kind of dull, but it it never gets bad. It's always somewhere between you know dull okay average and good you know and that's fine you're okay with that sometimes you get a spectacular match here and there i don't think there was anything spectacular on this show but everything was solid everything was good even if it didn't have you know they got they got a lot of the top stars and, and one of the big things too i thought was uh the build to you know best in the world with jay briscoe and and, and um and jay lethal i thought they did a great job of building that throughout the show and that was the kind of the theme of the show so Mission accomplished there. I mean, it wasn't, you know, on paper, it wasn't the greatest show that they've ever done, and it might not have been the, the greatest debut. But overall, I thought the show was fine. It was okay. And and one point that you mentioned on Twitter that I thought was important, and, and Aaron Bentley mentioned it in our review as well, that's on the website, voicewrestling.com, is that they it, they didn't do the reset, where a lot of times when you get a new TV show or, or companies do that all the time is they'll say, okay, okay, this is our, you know, debut on Destination America. Like, this is, we need to reset and let everybody know, okay, here's every character, and here's what this company is. Ray just said, hey, <laughs> you, if you're going to seek us out, you probably already know who we are. If you don't, we'll catch up quick. Find a way. You know, it's whatever. We're just going to keep going for our devoted fans, or we're, we're not going to stop and, and dumb it down for them. We're going to we're going to go full steam ahead, and if you want to catch up, you're smart enough to catch up. And I thought that was good. I thought it was a good move. I completely agree. Wrestling companies never give people credit. Um, look, both times that they got TV, first HDNet in 2009, and then later on when they ended up on um, on Sinclair, on, yeah. When they when they got on HDNet, both times they did a, what I like to call a soft reset. When they got on HDNet, Adam Pierce was in charge, and he slowed all the storylines down to a crawl, and they slowly introduced all the characters on television, and then they then you know once they established everybody, they got back to doing angles. Same thing with Sinclair put him on TV. I believe it was Cornette at the time, and I believe mm-hmm. he publicly said, "Look, we have to stop doing angles for a while because we got to make sure we establish everything to all these new viewers." Yeah, he said what what month? He he put like some six months, I think he said. Yes, yeah, we need to. Yeah, and I completely disagree. Agree. With that yeah. train of thought. Look, it, it, it's 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 your the viewers will catch up if you're presenting a good product. 
the viewers will catch up. And all you're doing by doing that kind of soft reset and slowing things down is presenting a less desirable show for people to, to, to walk in. Because people – let them jump in in the middle. They'll catch you. We're not stupid. People aren't dumb. Yeah. People aren't dumb. Anybody who watched Ring of Honor for the very first time this week, and they didn't do anything special. They threw on the same show that they aired this week in syndication. They did nothing exactly. different, right. nothing special. Anybody who watched Ring of Honor for the first time this week has a great feel for what Jay Briscoe is and what he's all about. They totally yep. get his gimmick. They totally see that he's a champion. He won his match, and they totally get what Jay Lethal is all about and that he holds the other title, and he feels right. like his title is more important. And they totally get that he's a heel. And you totally got the idea that uh, these two guys uh, hate each other's guts and are going to settle it on the pay-per-view. There was no need to do any kind of reset or hit the reset button or slowly introduce character. There's no need for that. And anybody who watched it, especially if they've been a wrestling fan for a long time, they get it. We're not stupid. It doesn't take, it doesn't take six months to figure out who Jay Briscoe is. It took 60 minutes. 60 minutes to figure out who Jay Briscoe is. Hell, I'll say it took three minutes. Whatever that day, the opening promo I yeah, thought was enough. I mean, we don't, we don't need that. The show kicked off in five minutes in. I went, okay, yep, there, that's the Briscoes. So there you go. So yeah, absolutely. Resets. Well, well one thing that's kind of interesting, and it's funny because people bring that up and people will argue that, that yeah, like, you know, Cornette said six months and other guys will do it. Think about when you first started watching wrestling. You know, when I jumped in, I had no fucking clue who any of these people were, but that, that, that was cool. I like that aspect of it. That's something I miss and why I always try to seek out new wrestling because that was the most fun period of becoming a wrestling fan is that every time I turned it on, I didn't know who was going to – I didn't know who these new characters were. I didn't know who this guy was. I didn't know what these motivations were. I had to piece stuff together. I had to watch to get that. That was fun to me. That was the, my, my, my best time being a wrestling fan is when I first really kind of got hardcore into it and I said, oh, crap. You know, I didn't even have the internet at that point. Or, or you know, I, if I did, I had it at the library or whatever. I had to go find books or whatever and do research. And, and at the library, I would look up, you know, oh, who are these guys? Where did they come from? How old? You know, that's fun to me. I think that's fun. And I think wrestling fans, if, if you just jumped into Ring of Honor, you weren't sure who these guys were. Like you said, you know who Jay Briscoe, you know who Jay Lethal is. If you want to figure out who Silas Young is, you can do that. There's nothing stopping you from doing it or just watch the show. Sometimes they, they people just like turning it off or, you know, like you said, you always say with, with a lot of the Impact viewers, sometimes they just like turning on their TV and just watching. And just letting the story come to them as it goes. You think? You know what I mean? Like, you think Moose got over this week? Did we need a video package explaining no. who he was? Do you think he got over this week? I'd say Moose got over pretty well this week, without a, a video package hammering home who he is. Right, or, or somebody saying this is Moose. He destroys people. You know, Veda Scott cutting a promo about you know people, he didn't need he, that. He, he got over just fine, and what they did, he got over, you know, beating the shit out of Colby Carino, he worked just fine. If you want to know more about Moose, you go to rohwrestling.com and you'll learn more. And about that's what Moose. I mean. I think that exploration is fine. I think I think that's fine. I think you want people to explore. I mean, this idea that wrestling fans need to be hit over the head with everything, it's got to go away. You don't. I mean, okay, maybe in the Netflix era this isn't as prominent, but you know, how many times have you jumped in in the middle of a season on a television show or jumped in during the third season? It takes you two or three episodes and you know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, they don't need, you know, television shows don't you know, reset everything uh, you know, at the start of a new season. No, it's your job as a viewer to catch up. You know, if you heard that yeah, it, it, some sh particular show was very good and you jumped in season two, they're not going to reset it for you. It's your job to catch up, and you will. It's not – look, we're not sending rockets to the moon here. It's, it's – yeah, we're, we're booking wrestling. Okay, it's yeah, pro wrestling. This, good, bad. Good, bad. <laughs> the end, yeah. This guy doesn't like that guy. This
this guy's a champion, this guy wants his title, it's really, you know, it's fucking, you know, it's, it's not that complicated, people. So anyway, yeah, but, you know, they didn't debut with the greatest episode I've ever seen. I mean, it was a pretty average episode. In fact, I thought it was one of the lousier episodes of Ring of Honor that I've seen in the last couple of months. But look, what are you going to do? We know that they've got some really good ones coming up. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, they really got the, they really got Briscoe and the Briscoe lethal match over very yes. well on this show. Very well. So they did push their pay-per-view. They pushed their pay-per-view much better than TNA did the same night. TNA still doesn't have a match. <laughs> I mean, they're still, they still – You wouldn't know that they had a pay-per-view. You, you would not know they had a pay-per-view coming up. You, re- you really wouldn't. I mean, they ran a couple bumpers for it, but, I mean, they still haven't announced the match. I mean, and to be fair, there's nothing TNA can put together with the way their roster is currently constructed that would be even half as interesting as Briscoe Lethal. Briscoe right, exactly. Lethal is a very interesting match. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's what's fun about that, and, and that's a discussion we'll have. You know, we'll obviously have a lengthier discussion as we get a little bit closer. But yeah, the big thing is okay. You know, it, it's at that point now where it's like I don't know who can lose this match, and, and both guys can win, both guys can lose, and that's that's when it's the best is when you can legitimately say, you know, hey, there, there's there's a really good chance that Jay Lethal wins this, and there's a really good chance Jay Lethal loses. You know what I mean? Like that's where it's key. Like I, I really don't know. I'm going into that not having a single clue. Not having a good feel for who's going to win, and that that's that's perfect. When you can do that, you've you've won. Jay Lethal has been one of the ten most interesting wrestlers in the world this year, and and I'd I'd hate to see him lose. At the same time, though, I don't know if he's ready to win a match like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, there's just a lot of intrigue there. And there you go. Yeah, now you got to watch it, right? <laughs> you got to watch it live too. This like... Jay Briscoe, let me tell you. You know, I was I, I've always I never thought he had this potential to, do, to be as good as he is in this role. Yeah, I've always, I really I've always been a fan to some extent. And like you said, I you know, I, I think we were all a little skeptical when they gave him the singles ball years ago. But I mean, when I watch this guy, I was I was watching this tag match and, you know, they're wrestling J. Diesel and uh, uh, you're gonna have to help me. Donovan to Jack or whatever. I can never pronounce, I can't the last pronounce name. this dude's name, but uh, double D we'll call him old double D. You know, it's unfortunate that the first Ring of Honor show on Destination America was headlined by Jay Diesel and then Double D. Yeah, and Double D, yeah. Um, but but I'm watching this tag match against these two guys who aren't very good. And or at least I look, Diesel's not very good. The other guy, I have to be fair, I really pr- should probably see a little more of him. I've only seen him three or four times before I make a judgment on him. But Diesel, I know I'm not, is not a guy that I like very much. And and it's like I'm watching Jay Briscoe and Mark is good too. But I'm watching Jay Briscoe, and it just dawns on me, and I think I tweeted it. Jay Briscoe is the kind of guy where in 100 years, when we're all dead and long gone, people are going to go back and watch Jay Briscoe, and they're going to openly wonder why he's not considered one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He's mm-hmm. that good. Yeah, he's, he's great. His offense, he has some of the best offense in wrestling, the, most, the crispest, most realistic-looking offense in wrestling. He projects his character, obviously, um, to levels that 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 most people do not, um, you get the idea. You can easily suspend disbelief when you watch Jay Briscoe. That's how oh. good he is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, with the way he projects character and, and his work is just the way he works is just not like other people. It it, it it's really it, it hits you over the head. It hits you over the head when he comes in the ring and, and starts working. It's it's it wakes you up no matter what. You you can't be lulled into a Jay Briscoe match. He's. A, he's an elite, and when I say elite, I mean top 1% promo in wrestling right now. His promos are, 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 he understands who he is better than 99% of wrestlers out there and then manages to project it. When you watch a Jay Briscoe promo, 
you get the feeling he really wants to beat the shit out of the guy. He's exactly, about. that's what I mean. Yeah, he projects that that that's him, and that's that's why it's good, and that's why it works because it's it's it's. I mean, it's it feels, it sounds, and it looks like what Jay Briscoe would say. He's not you know reciting some stupid lie. I mean, it's it, it's it's him. <laughs> it's this guy is is an elite level talent, and I yeah. just I feel like he doesn't get his due and has never gotten his due, and people are gonna look back in his career. He was in one of the greatest tag teams of his era, and they're still going strong, by the way. When those two guys team, they still put in tremendous performances. And he's and he's also reinvented himself, which at some point, every great wrestler at some point has to reinvent themselves, at least to some extent. Um, you know, Hulk Hogan had to reinvent himself, and, and Chris Jericho's reinvented himself a million times. We can go right down the list. But this is a guy people remember this brisk the original you know tag team you know, they're so much different than they were before. I mean I have to tell people this and he's reinvented himself and he's made himself even better. And as a singles rather, the guy's just great. I mean I can't you know and and put you know and and as far as his his political beliefs and his personal stuff, I don't care. Listen, when it comes to entertainers, I don't care about any of that stuff. Okay. Do I agree with some of the things that Jay Briscoe has said? Absolutely not. You'd have to be a monster to agree with some of the things that Jay Briscoe has said. But you know what? It's his right to think them. I, you know, I don't have to agree with Jay. Br- you know, Jay Briscoe doesn't have to like gay people. That doesn't mean I have to agree with him, and I can think he's a dope. But you know, I, I, when it comes to entertainers, I, I, I leave that stuff out. Musicians, wrestlers, actors, whoever. You know, I, I don't care about their person. I care about what they do to entertain me. That's yeah, because unfortunately you're not going to have many uh, people that you enjoy because a lot of them are <laughs> pieces of They're shit. All assholes so. and pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, you're really, really not going to listen to any music or watch any movies or watch TV anymore if you only follow people that are, are yeah, I mean, James, like-minded to you or, or, or not total shitheads. Totally. But. I mean, you know. They, 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 they're all real people and real people. I look, I don't like most real people. So I'm, yeah, most real people are total shitheads. Yeah, so I <laughs> happen, Jay, yeah. Jay Briscoe's job is to entertain me when he's wrestling, you know, I, you know, his, that's it. That's it. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just want to talk about Jay Briscoe a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know what? You were kind of talking about that. And actually I don't, you know, we talked to, and that'll be kind of the theme of the show, I guess is, is objectives or whatever. And if you talk about it, yeah, it wasn't the most blow away ring of honor show ever, but if you think about it, if the goal was to get that pay-per-view over and to kind of introduce you to some of the characters or whatever, yeah, the Briscoes facing, you know, a, a pretty low on the totem pole tag team kind of sucks for, for us on a pure, like, you know, entertainment standpoint or whatever. But for the show purposes, that's fine. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it did what it was supposed to do. You knew the Briscoes were good. The Briscoes won. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, thinking about it, it's really not that big of a deal now. Briscoes you know. opened the show with the promo. You know what? Yeah. In a way, it was an unintentional soft reset. Because a lot of things they did were things you would have done if you did do a soft reset. Mm-hmm. And it was just simple. It was just simple TV. It wasn't throwing everything at the wall in the first, you know, opportunity you have and not doing, you know, not giving away yeah, you all know the what things. It wasn't? And, and yeah, you, you know what it wasn't? It wasn't a monster eating a wrestler, and it wasn't a wrestler getting hit by a train. And, you know, I don't need that shit, and a lot of people don't need that shit. And, you know, I hate to go back to it, but if a monster ate a wrestler on Raw, you think the reactions would be a little different? You know, why does Lucha Underground get a pass? I, I don't – I understand why, but I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if Lucha Underground should get a pass – for a monster eating a wrestler. A monster ate a wrestler, Rich. <laughs> I mean, look, I get that the tone's a little different, but I, that's just a turnoff to me. I'm sorry. It was a little weird. Yeah, I was kind of a little weird on that. I mean, you know, people beat the shit, and rightfully so, out of TNA for Mickey James getting pushed in front of a train. 
Yes, I thought that was stupid as well. I think they're all stupid. I think any angle where a, a wrestler dies and then actually, you, you know, you is, is all silly. You cannot do a good angle where someone dies when they don't really die. You just can't. Yes. Um, it, when they're tweeting immediately following, like it, 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 at some point, it's never going to work yeah. for me. And a monster eating a wrestler is patently <laughs> absurd. I'm sorry, it's just absurd. I can't get into that. It's not for Joe Lanza, and never will be. But but yeah, Ring of Honor doesn't do any of that shit. Okay, the closest they've ever come to being that overtly goofy, where every other American-based company gets goofy like that, is Kevin Steen with the lawyers. Remember all that nonsense during the Cornette mm-hmm. era? But, I but do. you know that wasn't look that wasn't supernatural. That was no, it was rooted in some reality too, and that that, that was okay. Yeah, it, if that's the worst that they did, that's then the worst I'm that they've okay ever done that. in terms of goofy storylines. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Jacobs had a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, but again, it wasn't like supernatural or people dying or you know anything like that. Yeah, no, I, I'm a with monster you. ate a wrestler, Rich. Uh, that'll happen. I mean, you know, no thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna fast forward and watch the match. Sorry, I, you know, no thanks. But uh, but yeah, so that was Ring of Honor. And I, I did you watch the TNA or no? I did. I saw. I saw relative. I, I didn't see all of it, but I saw a good majority of it. I have so I it was okay. It was an okay show. I haven't watched it in a long time and it still has a lot of stuff that makes me <laughs> kind of eye roll, but Mickey, Mickey, you know, Mickey James being murdered aside, and we found out today she's not dead, by the way. Just a concussion from getting hit by a train, which is good. That's um which for a speedy recovery. Was there anything on the show that was offensive or shitty or very TNA ish? Um you? The dollhouse thing is kind of dumb. I don't I don't like the dollhouse either. Yeah, I'm not into it. It didn't it's, offend me though. It's just something I don't like. I think it's, it's weird. It's yeah, it's a little creepy. Um, and why are they listening? There's to a you? tone to it. There's a very odd tone to it that that is. Th- there's an audience I feel like they're going for with it. Oh, and you're going that route, huh? Yeah. You think it's a little? You know, you think it's a pedo angle. I yeah, a little. Say it, and Rich. Say it. We say things on this is. show. So, well, and, 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 you know, Mia Yim and, and I, what the, I forgot what her name is in there. There there's, I, I mentioned to you guys, we were talking internally it's or whatever Jade because she's Asian. Right. Yes, right. Yes. So, um, the attire and then the way that the camera acts when she's in the ring was, is kind of weird. Expand on that. Um, they enjoy a, a certain region of her body, especially when she's on the ground and, and liking to zoom in on that portion of her, uh, her hiney. I am referring to actually no, it's it's even a little bit more close than that. It's 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 real up there. They're 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 in the crotch. Tukus, you may say. Oh, you're talking yeah. about the other side. No, no. Go back and watch that match. So you think they're focusing on her? Uh, her watch the match. Well, see it. Her princess it, it's, parts. It's 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 very it's 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 odd. Yeah, it's it's. I I was watching the you know I was watching that match or whatever and. You know, and I think she's a decent wrestler. And I, I, I think, you know, overall, and I'm watching it. I'm going, what are they do? like? This is really weird. Like this camera does not need to be where it's at. It, it, it was weird. It, it was it, go back and watch it for people that haven't seen it. Go watch it. And, and I don't you know, I'm not going to tell you to make to make special, you know, <laughs> to, to look for it or whatever. But it, it's not going to be too hard. If you kind of have it in your mind, you'll, you'll see and you're going to go, oh, that's kind of weird. Like they're. They're up there. They're they're close than they need to be for a lot of parts, and it's it's odd. It's just weird, and the whole the whole thing kind of has that that tone for me as well. I I don't know if it's for you too, well, but yeah. For the, me, the, I mean, 
it's Bailey kind of. It's got that AJ Lee thing. I, it's got that AJ yeah, Lee. Remember when AJ Lee came in and they had, a, you know, she's got to wear the, the, the schoolgirl outfit. She's got to talk like a 14-year-old a and they have to act like they're a bunch of teenagers or whatever. There, there's there's a weirdness to that. Where like and, and Mia, they don't need to do that with Mia Yim. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. It's just weird. It's just, yeah. And for for Mr. I'm so progressive, it, it was kind of, it's it's odd. But Ooh, uh, Billy? Yeah. Well, and we know that's a load of bullshit, so. Yeah. Um, I just think it's, you know, why, you know, they're listening to, they, they apparently they listen to doll parts by hole on a loop when they're in their little dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And they listen to it either on uh, AM radio or, <laughs> or, or like they recorded it off the radio on like a handheld. On their cassette, yeah. They, they did a, yeah. They did like a, I used no, to do cass- when I was nine in 1980, whatever. It's like. Yeah, dual cassettes, yeah. Uh, there's some awful audio quality. You know, I think the dollhouse needs to upgrade their audio equipment. They got to get a better stereo in that little dollhouse. <laughs> that, that, it sucks. Yeah, Josh Matthews can't get a recording booth. He, he's got to sit in a closet. So no, they cannot get their upgraded audio. But I mean. Him and the, him and the Pope are in a corner of a closet. No, you cannot. You know, they dug the Pope up out of a. <laughs> Where's the I Pope? Know, I, Wait, okay, so so like I said, I don't watch a, a ton of it. Did I? Did, has the Pope not been around in a while? Just the last couple weeks. Okay. They just, you know, after Taz quit. Because I heard his voice and I was like, Ma- who Matthews, the hell? Matthews was by himself for a while. <laughs> yeah, Matthews is doing the solo show for a while. And then they brought in, they brought the Pope back. Oh well, there you go. Um, but Impact, I mean, you know, most weeks, it's it's the point I was getting at. Um, was it's just an inoffensive show. It hasn't. It's fine. It hasn't yeah. been bad, but I do think people are go- like you know people are saying oh Impact's been good. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's good. It's inoffensive at best. It, there's nothing on Impact that grips me. I mean I, you know I, there's nothing that is compelling to me. There's nothing I think about five minutes after. Yeah, the EC3 Kurt Angle angle doesn't have you chomping at the bit for their match, right? No, and I you know and I like EC3 and. Kurt Angle's fine for what he is now. He's clearly <laughs> washed up, and Spud is tremendous in his role. Am I chomping at the bit to watch Spud challenge Kurt Angle? No. I mean, it's. Am I chomping at the bit to watch EC3 challenge Kurt Angle? I mean, I'll watch it, but you know, and and you know, the, the Dirty Heels versus the Wolves. I tell you, most weeks I wa- I fast forward to that, you know, watch their match, and then skim through the rest of the show. Um, you know, I hate that the Wolves got off to a two nothing start. I mean, that's predictable pro wrestling 101. Why do they treat us like we're stupid? We know the Dirty Heels are winning the next two matches now. I mean, if you're going to do a best of five, you can't have someone get off to a 2-0 start because that means matches three and matches four are predictable and you know who's going to win them. And now there's not going to be any drama till the fifth match. If you're going to do a best of five in wrestling, okay, you have them alternate wins because then only the fourth match is predictable because then the fourth match, you know, it's going to get tied up at two, two. So four out of the five matches would be unpredictable. Right. There, there's a little chance that the, the they're going to sweep and they're going to win, go up three Oh, and that's the end of that. No, and they're going to say, okay, thank you. Wrestling. Right. You know, they're getting to the fifth <laughs> right. match. So why would you have one side start off 2-0 and remove all of the drama from the next two matches? And this isn't a TNA complaint. This is what people do in wrestling for some reason. It's like they treat us like we're stupid. Everyone knows they're winning the next two matches. I hate shit like that. You know, because... because you know, maybe Billy's going to swerve you, Joe. I don't know. Rich, maybe it's just me. Drama's a big thing for me when I watch this. I don't want to know who's going to win. 
when I can figure out who's going to win, it hurts the enjoyment. Of, it doesn't mean the match can't sure. be good. We just talked about it in the last segment when I was talking about the uh, the lethal Briscoe. I don't know who's going to win, and that's now my most you know the match I cannot wait for. Absolutely. I'm most intrigued for because I have no fucking clue, and I don't want to have a clue. I don't want to even guess. I want to be wrong. I would love to say, yeah, Jay Briscoe's definitely win, and then Jay Lethal wins. That that's to me cool. As long as that, as long as it makes sense, and in this case, you know, not just complete. You know, we're gonna have this guy win just because it doesn't. You know, just to swerve you guys because you didn't think it was gonna happen. But you know, it makes sense in either way, and and that's 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 what's entertaining, and that's that's what it's there for. Did, that's did, I've always been that didn't way. WCW do a best of seven where somebody won the first three, and it's like uh, Jericho and Booker, or not? Yeah, uh, Benoit and Booker T did a best of seven. I don't remember who. And it's like me, I'm gonna look it up for you here, real okay, quick. Okay, and I'll talk. I mean, and that's even dumber because then you're removing drama from three straight matches. It's like, wh- who do they think is gonna buy that? Buy into the idea that there's gonna. Uh, we had uh, so Benoit went up one zero. Uh, Booker T then was one one. Right, so they did Then Benoit three. went up two one, three one, and then Booker T tied it. And then okay, yep. All right, so they did. The, he went up three once. So then you had two unpredictable maps. Oh, here you go. No, it, it was actually you were correct. Uh, 2005 United States Championship. It was WWE when they they dusted this off for Booker T and Chris Benoit. There you go. I knew, 95. I Booker knew T, someone did it. Booker T won the first three. Benoit won the next three, and then Randy Orton won the seventh. Right, right, right. You know, leave it to WWE <laughs> to do a best of seven and have somebody go up three zero. I mean, because nobody treats their audience like bigger fucking idiots than WWE does. It's like, why do the best? It's like, uh, I I, I don't know. I'm not going to go through the whole same rant again. But why give people three matches that that mean nothing? Yeah. Why do that? I knew knew there was, you know, and I, I guess I thought it was WCW because it was Booker and Benoit. And I guess that's where I got confused. I, yeah, I forgot. I forgot they had their little WWE run. 2005. It's like there's no reason to watch those three matches. I mean, not if you're watching for the reasons I watch wrestling, which is, you know, it's I don't know. I can't stand it. But anyway, TNA is an inoffensive show. I think people go too far when they say it's good. I think Meltzer, I mean, he sings the praises of the TV. And I mean, it's simple and it makes sense and all that. I kind of think he might be overcompensating a little because he beats them up so badly on the business mm-hmm. end. I, I do too. Yeah, it, it's not that good. <laughs> let's let's real. Well, look, I, I genuinely think that he thinks the show is passable, and and it's not. I gen, I don't think he thinks the show is bad, but I think he he does that to overcompensate a little bit. I I can't. I I, I never watch Impact and say, wow, that was. Good. I can't wait till next week. That never happens. Where look, in the past, I'd watch Impact and I couldn't even finish it, and be like, I and I'm not. Yeah, it's just a mean to an end right now. Yeah. It, it's kind of if 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 we weren't doing this, I I would never even consider watching it. But, but. the fact that you watched it, it was watchable, right? It wasn't. Absolutely. Yeah. When it was over, I said, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't saying, oh, man, what time is it? I can't wait till next week. I was just kinda, this is oh, not okay. even close to the most defensive era of impact. I mean, no, God, no. This is right in the middle somewhere. This is yeah, and we knew that. We knew that once they would kind of get stripped down, that they were going to get kind of simple here. And then, you know, there's some stuff they're doing that's a little silly, but but overall, it, it, it's fine. So um, one of the big parts that we wanted to talk about, though, what we always do, you know, obviously on this podcast, we're big about the ratings and 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 sort of the competition between the two, what's going on here. Um so as we mentioned last week, Ring of Honor is going to start eight o'clock, and this is this is Eastern time. And then TNA is going to go at nine. Ring of Honor will then be on a replay at eleven, and then TNA will go on after that. So luckily, we have ratings for all of these, so we can kind of break it down and look at it. And it's it's it, it's kind of surprising. And I, I 
I do want to preface this by saying that you, and I'm sure we'll do it too, is that you you can't really look at these as pure ratings. You also have to look at, as we mentioned last week on the show, when we talked about the, the reason for this deal and the reason Ring of Honor is getting, is is look at return on investment and look at what one is paying and what one costs and, and all that sort of stuff. And then you can kind of realize why we might kind of freak out one way or another or, or have a strong opinion one way or another. So anyway, Ring of Honor opened up 163000 for the, uh, the APM hour. Uh, TNA at 9 p.m. did uh, 297,000. That, unfortunately, was their second lowest rating ever. That was trailing only the week that they aired a show that was a year old. And so this was obviously their first week moving from Friday to Wednesday. So there was going to be some downfall, but this is a, a pretty significant downfall. Um, 11 p.m. Ring of Honor did actually did relatively good for that that hour, uh, 110,000 there. And then the next episode of Impact, which is at 12, uh, you know, midnight, did 72,000. So here's what you need to know. Yeah. Uh, original airing plus replay for 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 both shows. TNA beat Ring of Honor by roughly ninety five thousand viewers. That if that pattern holds, TNA has zero chance, none, of having the cancellation reversed. The only prayer TNA had. Well, they had a couple different chances to get the cancellation reversed. Number one, the two shows help each other tremendously, and they both do tremendous ratings, and Destination America falls in love with the idea of a wrestling block because it ends up having a little bit of juice. Right. And number two, TNA just blew Ring of Honor out of the water, and and someone at Destination America had a soft spot for it and their, their change of heart. But if Ring of Honor is even in the same stratosphere of TNA. With a second-run show that costs nothing. With a second-run show that costs nothing. And it, it, basically, if this pattern holds, TNA is dead, which it's going to be dead. We're 95% certain it's dead anyway. But from Destination America's point of view, like you said, the return on investment, and no, that doesn't even mean Ring of Honor will stick around past December. Destination America may determine that Ring of Honor isn't worth you know, what they're putting out for it if, if if they have the same issues, you know, getting advertisers the way Tina. And there's no reason to think that they wouldn't have those same issues. So there's no guarantee Ring of Honor sticks around past December either. But the fact of the matter is, Ring of Honor being in the same neighborhood as TNA in terms of total viewers is awful news for TNA. Yeah, it's frightening. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's, it really is. If this pattern holds, that's it. That is the final nail in the coffin for TNA. Because at that point, there's no logical business reason to keep them around. There just isn't because Ring of Honor is cheaper and and the difference in viewers is negligible and the difference in advertising dollars is going to end up being negligible. So that'll be, you know, that'll be it for them. Now, what I find interesting is they came within 95,000 total viewers with a show that wasn't even first run, which a lot of people saw over the weekend on their Sinclair channel, which a lot of people uh, could watch on Nessun. And it still came within 95,000 viewers of TNA. And it wasn't a good show. And let's be honest, on, on paper, it was not a must-watch right, so show. It didn't have any buzz. It was very easily skippable if, if you wanted to. It wasn't a show where people were saying you had to go see it. It had no buzz. And uh, the other thing was, and this is a big one too, Destination America didn't even push the show. They didn't advertise it whatsoever. They didn't run any ads. They didn't run any. And they didn't the bug. It. There wasn't a bug on the bottom. I, I turned in. I tuned in probably about 15 minutes prior to it. I forgot. One of the stupid shows. I think it was Hillbilly Blood, actually, or some, some terrible show. And on the bottom, it said new episode, new Impact Wrestling. Yep. And they ran that bug on at Ring of Honor for and Impact, that, too. 
Exactly. So this is this is you know 15 minutes before Ring of Honor is going on the air, and they're advertising on the bottom. TNA is coming up. Impact Wrestling is coming up at, at this hour or whatever. Ring of Honor comes on, as you said, in the bottom again on the bug. There's the thing there for for Impact Wrestling. I mean, it was all Impact Wrestling. You know, Destination, Destination America's social media. There was nothing about Ring of Honor as well. It was 100% about Impact Wrestling. And, and pretty much it was all up to Ring of Honor to, to promote it on their own. And they, I, I think they did a, a pretty good job, as good as you're going to do with social media, which there's always kind of an extent and a shelf life to it. But yeah, I, I, I think that's important too, is that, that this wasn't as well supported by the network as, as, as one would assume. So for people kind of going, oh, you know, nobody gives TNA any support, you know, Spike, this is what we heard about Spike TV. Oh, Spike TV doesn't advertise for TNA, you know, Destination America. You know, they, they, did, they did nothing for Ring of Honor, zero. TNA had every single advantage over Ring of Honor this week, and they barely beat them. I mean, it's... Well, and, and last week, too, I, I think it's worth noting that on the last week's Impact show, there was a numerous things about... We're moving to Wednesdays. The show's going to be on Wednesdays. Hey, it's going to be on Wednesdays, Wednesdays, Wednesday, Wednesday. Not an ounce, n- not a single mention of Ring of Honor during any point of that, of saying, hey, we have a new wrestling show. I, and I'm not saying Impact had to say it. I'm saying Destination America didn't run any commercials during that. It said, hey, next week, you know, when Impact moves to Wednesdays, also we have this other show, Ring of Honor. Nothing, like no, nothing, zero. Nothing. When we say zero, we mean zero. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, your hardcore Ring of Honor fan saw the show before Wednesday and yeah. didn't bother watching. Well, unfortunately, we couldn't find it. Uh, the ringside membership, it did not upload to the uh, ringside members. Why our, our review was a little bit late. Do we, so that do was, we know if they're doing that on purpose to protect Destination America? I don't know. We're going to find out next week. Yeah. If it happens next week, unfortunately, we have to find a new Ring of Honor uh, reviewer. But, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to find out. We don't know if it was just kind of a one-off thing. Something kind of went wrong. Someone forgot. Oh, so Mr. We'll Bentley find does, out. Yeah. Not have des- does not have Destination He does America. not, no. Well, that's no. a shame because he does a nice little review. He does. He does a very good job. So, so. Uh, I hope that he's able to see the show somehow, maybe through nefarious means. Uh, yeah, well, we, we've emailed Ring of Honor. We haven't heard back yet either, but we, we both right. emailed we're him. A, we're a legitimate agency around here, and uh, you, we emailed right to the source, huh? Um, yeah. Some people get back to us. Um, some people do not. Um, you know, we should give a little shout because we like uh, to be uh, full disclosure around here. Nobody has treated us better than Access TV. Absolutely. Access has done a great job. The people job at Access TV has done a, have done a tremendous job sending us pre-screeners for the New Japan show, sending us uh, special secret links for our reviewers who do not get Access TV. Um, high-res images. They've recently sent me high-res images, which is, is very uh, nice. That's Trust me. Point. <laughs> that, that package of uh, – that Dropbox package we got of the high-res images that we're – yeah, absolutely. So, it's a gold mine. <laughs> um, you know, Access TV has been very, very good to our website, and I would have to assume others as well. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll see if, uh, Ring of Honor, has Ring of Honor gotten back to us? On they have not. They have not. Okay. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not expecting it either. But You're not waiting for I'm that, not. uh, personal phone call from Joe Coff? Yeah, we'll see, but no, <laughs> I'm not. How about a personal <laughs> phone call from Delirious and he will communicate in lizard speak? I have spoke to Delirious multiple times. In lizard speak? So, uh, in both. In regular speak? In regular speak and in, uh, in lizard speak, there was one time where when Ring of Honor, oh, go ahead. This is probably a good story. No, there was one time when we were uh, my buddy and I went to a Ring of Honor show, and and you know we're we're in college or we have nothing fucking better to do. So everyone, you know, I, and and I'm always I do this at sporting events too. I don't know if you're this way. I sit and wait at a sporting event because I'm not in a I'm not in a real big hurry to get sit in my car and like wait in line to like get out well, or wait in line in a parking mean, lot or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I sit there and suck it. You know, I'm going to take it in. I'm just going to sit there and chill and let everybody else go and do all that. So we're at a Ring of Honor show and everyone's kind of left and gone. And it was a horrible snowstorm out there on the show anyway. So I was like in no rush whatsoever. Well, we're sitting there 
and delirious walks up and he, he walks you know and i'm like oh that's you know that's delirious or whatever so my friend is oh hey you know i'm a big fan or whatever and he's he's wearing a delirious shirt he actually bought a delirious shirt earlier in the show because he, he liked it and this is a non-wrestling fan friend that was sure. was there but but enjoyed him so delirious walks up to us and, and he goes you know he talks about his nice shirt and he's doing this all in lizard speak so it's really hard to see what he says and then eventually you know he's kind of just playing it up or whatever and he's trying to put stuff away or whatever well we're just sitting there looking at us and then he turns and goes well, if you guys are going to fucking hang around, could you just pick up some chairs? And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then for the next, like, 40 minutes, we just picked up chairs. Because it was such a bad snowstorm that I think either guys that had other bookings, because this was a Friday show, I believe. So I think these guys realized, shit, we better get on the goddamn road or else we're going to be blocked here. So everybody was out. Like, there was nobody left from the Ring of Honor office. So I think Delirious had to go out there on his own and try to put these chairs I away see. and try to get so this you, thing ready. So, you so he saw us and was like, hey, free labor. You guys get over here. And we're like, ah, eh, whatever. So you weren't even doing ring duty with Adam Page and Jay Diesel. You were doing ring no. duty on your own with the lyrics. Yes, exactly. Us, us and, and I didn't I didn't put the ring down, but I, I helped stack all the was chairs. Was he sans so. mask? Uh, he had the mask on still. Mask yeah. was on. Yeah. He never takes his mask off. You know, I'll tell you, I've seen him without the mask, but he puts like a hoodie so. Yes. Yeah. He he will not. Yeah. He will not be seen. I've 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 peed next to him in a urinal, and he still has the mask on. He still does the gimmick. There, That's the there best part. He's nothing he's... more uncomfortable than the venue they used to run in Edison, New Jersey, which did not have bathrooms in the back. So you you just be in the urinal. Oh, I peed next to every it's, ring of honor. Yeah, it's I... very uncomfortable. I don't. It's it's incredibly uncomfortable. I was never comfortable with it. Um, I once had to tell Ryan I was peeing next to Rocky Romero once. I was like, good match, and he was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, might not be the place. And I'm not to... a urinal talker guy, yeah, but that's... like he came up next to me, and I was like, "Do I not say anything?" Like he just stuck it on wrestling. Like, and I was like, "Oh, good match." He's like, oh, "Yeah," and I was like, oh, "Yeah, he probably shouldn't have done that." Yeah, Sorry. Y- like... You don't want to have uh, star rating talk at the urinal, Rich. Okay. <laughs> right. That can go. I that instantly regret it because I hate it. I hate urinal talk. You, you but can't I... walk up to a wrestler at a urinal and tell him three and a half stars because you, you might be talking <laughs> about his gimmick. You know what I mean? He might take that the wrong way. Right. Uh, you know, so you, you got to be careful. The worst is Nigel McGuinness finished. He was right before he was going to do like a big man event. And I think he was he was a champion then or whatever. And I'm peeing next to him. I'm like, this is That's ridiculous. That's I mean. Very like, uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And like I, I was at the sink and he came over and I like got out of the way. I'm like, oh, you can go ahead. You can go ahead of me. Like, because he, he was up and like his match was in like a minute. It's, like, yeah. so I was like, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You got, you got places to go. I, it's the worst. But. And then he ran to the back and then came out like he was, yeah, I'm ready to you go. You do see, get to see which ones wash their hands or not, though. That's always interesting. He was not a good washer. No, he was quick. He didn't wash his hands? To be fair, I think his music was playing. So he had to like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> urinals. It was very weird, yeah. It, Frontier Fieldhouse for life, so. What the hell were we talking about? Oh, yeah, ratings. Yeah, so it's just... Anything else? This was horrendous news for TNA. And yeah, not if good. If it holds, this is not good. Um, so, you know, it's... They're, the most, you know, it's not up in the air here. They're canceled. So things have to change dramatically in their favor for this to be reversed. And this was not a good start. So, uh, and we don't know if it, look, we don't know what their expectations are for the Ring of Honor show. This could have been, you know, look, nobody watched either show. I mean, you know. The, yeah, we won't sugarcoat it that Ring of Honor did amazingly well. They did. No, but. They did okay. The thing is, too, do you think. The, the re- All right, look, they switched nights. We know that had something to do with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait a few weeks and see how it, how it plays. Cause that, that happened when they moved to Fridays. That happened old, in the old Spike days, too. The first week after a move were always horrendous. I mean, this is equal. This is this is the most horrendous this it's ever been. This is the worst been, ever because I don't count the year-old show. So let me ask you this. Do you think the idea that they had such a horrendous week PR-wise with the cancellation news getting out, do you think that played a part in the rating going down a bit because people see it as a dead company? Yeah, I don't know. They're, 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 
Or do you it's think that's more of a hard? Or you think that's more? Yeah, I think I, I don't know if that many people would know that. To be honest, though, I when, when you're well, dealing course, with numbers this small, though, yeah, you are dealing with a high percentage of people who wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you are, you are. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm really. It's, it's really going to be telling this next week. I think this is the one that's going to be very important now because because now it's established. Okay, we're on this night or whatever. And if they still do, if they do equally bad or worse or whatever. Then yeah, then okay. Now I'll start talking about just a company that that people are just getting off on and and and, and there's just there's no reason for them to be in it anymore there, there's no reason to be emotionally invested in it or you know waste your time with it or whatever i mean yeah we could be talking about that right now i, I i'm not entirely positive one other huge disadvantage that we forgot to mention that ring of honor had was they went head to head with lucha underground and nxt yeah and i mean geez so you know there's some crossover fan base there so they weren't airing a first run show they had no promotion from the network and they were running head to head with Lucha Underground and NXT, and they still only came up ninety-five thousand viewers short of TNA. Don't you find that remarkable? Yeah, it, it's it's that's bad news for, for TNA. people that really aren't looking at this and really not, you know, because I, I think a lot of people, like you said, are, are not are, are really don't want to pile on to TNA right now and do that sort of stuff. But man, you really got to look at this and like like a, a ninety-five thousand difference from an established show that it's just, that's not good. It's just not, it's, hey, we are, we are heading. We're about seven months away from the spud beer bash in the United Kingdom. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, this company is ending yeah. with spud in the ring. I'm telling yeah. you, he's their top baby face right now. Right? No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's not good. Well, we'll see. I think I think ratings patterns are going to be important to look at it in a few days. And 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 really, the, the biggest thing that I want to bring because there were people that say, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter because you know TNA still beat them and TNA, you know, you got to think of the cost. You got to think of what's being involved and the return on investment and that sort of stuff. It's not pure ratings. You know, the thing here. is, even the Lunatic Fringe recognizes that this was an awful week. They they're, did. They're avoiding. They're not, they're not even, allowed to talk ratings anymore on TNA. You back, can't even. So. They're not even spinning <laughs> these numbers, which should tell you something too. But, uh, yeah, so, you know. They did have some interesting theories, though. I'm not going to beat up on them because we do that every single show, but they had some interesting nah, theories. Nah, we that to death. But, I mean, yeah. it, the fact is no one has spun this as any kind of positive for TNA. It's just awful in every way. Yeah. So For a company where the news has been nothing but awful, period. So, bad stuff. Absolutely. Um, real quick, I want to talk a few things. We'll get to the best of the Super Juniors here in a sec, but I have this on my notes as well. Real quick, uh, I don't have any strong, you know, kind of thoughts or opinions or whatever, but uh, Tommy Rogers died this week, and he's, you know, half of the Fantastics, and that's a, a, a tag team that you've said numerous times that you loved and you thought were better than, you know, the Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express or whatever. You want to talk a little bit about Tommy Rogers and the Fantastics? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much to add that other people haven't already said and 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 haven't said better than the way I can put it, but. I mean, you know, I've always maintained on the show. That's one of my favorite tag teams ever, the Fantastics. I think Tommy Rogers uh, was the juice of that tag team. And, um, I, I, you know, a great worker. Um, he came at the wrong time. You know what I mean? Uh, it was bad timing for him, you know, based on his style of work and his size and all that. But, um, you know, and they bounced around a lot and didn't really stay in one place uh, for all that. I, mean, I guess that was kind of the nature of the business then, too. But... Um, yeah, I preferred them to the Midnight Express. I preferred them to the Rock and Roll Express, which are two teams I like a lot. But I always thought the Fantastics were better, and I always thought they were a little ahead of their time. I mean, you watch Fantastics. Yeah, There's a solid pace to their matches. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they work a hard pace, and the kind of pace you didn't see in, in the late 80s and the early 90s. 
And, you know, Tommy Rogers, first of all, I was shocked how young he was. I couldn't believe he was only 53 or 54 years old or whatever. Yeah, he was a baby then, I guess, when you were watching him. Like, yeah, I... There were times where he, he was like 23 years old. And it's like, you know, it's it's look, everybody in the 80s looked 10 years older than they were for whatever reason, whether they were all on coke or, you know, all, you know, living the hard road life or whatever it was. But I, I was shocked at how young he was and. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and he was a lot of, he is the worst. Uh, anytime I look at like, like I, I was talking with someone the other day and I was like, I don't think any picture I've seen of any woman in the eighties, I was never attracted to. Like, I feel like every woman was just like not attractive at all. Think, and that, that could be, I don't think any person was attractive from about 1974 till about 1989. Nobody was attractive. Yeah, it's like, let me wear the baggiest clothes and have my hair look as ridiculous as humanly possible and wear as much makeup as possible. Bad haircuts, and, and... bad facial hair, uh, bad style. That 15-year period, no one was attractive. Nobody was attractive. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, Everybody looks disgusting. Everyone yeah. was awful <laughs> during that time. Everyone looked awful in that time. I'll tell you what. People are going to look back on this era the same way with these guys walking around with these straggly beards. And uh, you know, <laughs> this is a bad era, too, for men. It's not for great. women, yeah. it's not bad. I got to tell you. I don't know. The rompers could probably go away. Rich. Those things are the worst. If if yoga pants never go out of style, I'll die a happy man. Okay? <laughs> I'm fine with those. This, those are fine. We are in the yoga pants era. And cross your fingers. Every summer that comes around, I hope that the, the trend has not died yet. And it hasn't. It has not. And, no. and the it's, great it, thing, it's accelerated, if anything. The great thing about the yoga pants, Rich, is they'll wear them in any season. You see them in the summer. You see them at the gym. You see them in the winter. They wear the yoga pants in the winter, and they wear like a sweatshirt with the yoga pants. The yoga pants, are, are they're versatile. I, I assume that they're very comfortable. And let's just hope that it never goes out of style. Yoga pants need to stay in style for as long as humanly possible. Right, Scraggly beards, they could probably straggly go. Be- well, no, I like that because that kind of eliminates a lot of my competition. Because a lot of women don't. That's like what that. you're saying. A lot of women don't like that the dirt, you know, the Daniel Bryan look. There's some women who are into it, you know what I mean? But a lot of women don't like that look. You know? I got the stubble. I, I go with the stubble. I like that's a look. Listen, I've always said Joe Lanza looks best with two days worth of facial hair growth. Yeah, that's days. where I'm at. I'm about, I'm about, I'm about a three day um, is my prime. Three days then, is too much for me. It's two days. And four or five days, and I'm out, and then I look like a ridiculous idiot. <laughs> a, a fresh shave isn't my best look either. No, I hate the fresh. I don't shave. like how I look with the fresh shave. I like. I shave at night, so that when I wake up in the morning, I I, I still have a little bit. Ah, we're on the same path there. That's a good strategy. Okay. I, I I hate when I have to shave in the morning because I don't feel confident. I just don't feel confident with the fresh shave. When I'm two days, when I got that two day worth of growth though, that's when Joe Lanza's at his best. Watch out, watch out, women at College <laughs> Station, because that's when my confidence is at its peak. If you get me with two days worth of facial hair growth and a fresh haircut, I forget it. I'm like a maniac. It's I, yeah, that's that's me at my absolute peak. But, uh, but I, I feel that way with like colored pants or whatever. Like you see people wearing like red pants. I don't know if that's it as much for you guys, but we, we get like pat- like guys wearing like yellow pants and like red, bright red pants or whatever. I'm like, and my theory is always if whatever you're wearing, think about in 10 years what people are going to think exactly. about it. Exactly. If, if people are going to look at your picture and go, oh my God, dad, you look like an idiot. Like, like I do with my dad who's wearing like, you know. You could basically one of his testicles is hanging out of his like short shorts or whatever with his scraggly fucking mustache. And I'm like, Dad, you did not think this looked good, did you? And he was like, uh, I mean, at the time. And I'm like, No, you knew this was bad. Like, you knew this was going to be awful, and right? You're in my head again, Craig, because my, one of my uh, life theories has been: don't take a picture you're going to regret later. You know, right. you, you always look good enough to where you're not. You know, you're not going to look like a fool years later. I've always maintained that myself. I'll tell you, we're on the same page here with the fashion. I got, I got to say. We're, 
That's frightening. That's not good for we're thinking the same me, way I don't here. think. But... I've had a variation of the same haircut since the fifth grade. You know, I just change it up a little. I just change it up a little, but it works for me. You know, you got a nice Italian haircut. A little too much gel, maybe, but that's all right. You know, especially. I mean, you're Italian after all. I mean, yeah, you know, I can get away with it. You know, there's different things you can get away with based on your charisma, you know. But uh, but yeah, what the hell were we originally talking about? I think we we're talking about Destination America <laughs> ratings, but I think we can move on from right. whatever the hell. No, no, no. You, oh, we, no. we had moved on. Oh, Tommy Rogers. Tommy fantastic. Rogers. I, listen, we can segue. We segue a man's death into uh, how much facial hair that we look best. And my dad's testicles hanging out of a photo. It I mean, that, that's really you is can't amazing. Beat that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the fantastics. <laughs> look, go on your little network and watch all. There's not that many, but on the early clashes, there's some fantastics. Um, unfortunately, there's really nothing from anywhere else because they don't upload any other footage. Go to the uh, ditch. The ditch has got a lot of all Japan ma- fantastics. There you if you go. Want. Have you gotten to any of the fantastics? I've gotten to a few. Yeah, I got to um, one of the. Uh, now, not you're the getting Malinkos. the Rogers and Bobby Fulton fantastics. That's an important distinction. <sighs> all of the versions were good, but you know. You, you... Yeah, which one is that one? I've only seen one. They've only popped up once for me. Uh, so you really? Have... I think so. Yeah, no, I'm almost positive it's those. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you get the Jackie Fulton mixed in, you know what I mean? So you, you got to be careful with that. But uh, yeah, let's see here. I got I to gotta find out. Yeah, I, I don't know right now. But, but the point, yeah, I've I mean, seen I, I've, but yeah, I, I preferred them to Midnight Express, who seem to be everybody's holy grail of tag teams. I preferred them to the fabulous ones and, and teams like that. Um, you know, the Rockers, that's a tough one. I, you know, I, I, at their, you know, the best of the Rockers to me is it. I don't know. All those teams are great. I mean, why am I even comparing them all? I mean, they're all great. Those are all great Yeah, you teams. don't have to. That's a great era, and those are all great teams. And, and um, you know, the Fantastics were a great team. Tommy Rogers was a great worker. He's a guy that really was ahead of his time, and it was a team that was ahead of its time. I think that team and the Nightmares from Continental were two teams that really, you know, could have fit in, 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 in the modern era uh, in terms of being ahead of their time, uh, you know, with their with their style of work. So... Big fan of Tommy Rogers, big fan of the Fantastics. And it seems like, based on the obit and the Observer, he had a hard last few years of his life. Yeah. So maybe some brain damage there. So uh, based on some of his behavior and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a story we've seen a million times. What are you going to do? Yep. It's, you know, it's 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 not good. Nope. Uh, move on now uh, to the best of the Super Juniors. We have the finals coming up uh, Sunday morning, and and thankfully we have a full card now as opposed to just the uh, the finals. But I want to talk about the finals first before we get into that. Uh, a kind of a shocking revelation, at least for me. Uh, Kushida was the obvious one. We knew about that. We even talked about it last week. I mean, that that was we were coming up with scenarios for it to not be Kushida, and they didn't even wait till the final day. They just Kushida won it. You know, two days prior, uh, day eleven, he already had it locked in and ready to go. So we wasted, so he was we there. Wasted all that time trying to figure out. How yeah, and, and, and Gato was just like, no, 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 no. It's it's Kushida. I'm not gonna get he silly. He threw here. his like, hands like we did. They had it. Yeah. They had it locked up before the final day. Kushida. He had a big. I'm sure he had a big fucking whiteboard, and he was just like, fuck it, just have him win. I don't care. Yeah. Like, just screw it. Just whatever. Because what they needed to do, they needed like Cubs fan actually went deeper than we did. They would have had to have had David Finley win a match. In right. order, that had to have happened. There was no way around it. David Finley would have had to have beaten Rocky Romero to keep any hope of drama going into the last day. And I guess they didn't want to give Finley that win. So Kushida had it locked up before that point. 
Absolutely. But then uh, last uh, uh, yesterday morning, or by the time we're recording this, it would have been Friday morning, a uh, bit of an upset. Kyle O'Reilly will be going to the finals here. Uh, Taguchi lost to your boy Chase Owens with the big upset, the 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 mega upset there. And, and Kyle O'Reilly beat your boy Gato as well. This was a, a very uh, an interesting day for you. Those are two matches I'm sure you were. <laughs> have you seen both those matches yet or no? I haven't watched that day yet, no. The Chase Owens one was really good. Taguchi, it, it, was, it was not the silly Taguchi. It was for an extent... But then it kind of got serious. Like he, he sort of almost realized, oh shit! Like this guy's giving me a lot more trouble than I thought. Or and it was kind of cool. Situation in that where it was like he knew he needed to win to win the block. And- yeah, he, he fucked around for you know five to you know five to ten minutes or whatever, and then was like, shit, this guy's not. You know, he he did the Dodon. He was trying to solve stuff, and, and Chase kept going and going and going. And then at the end, he was like, fuck, I'd really get going here. This guy's gonna beat me. <laughs> and uh, you know, I want to win this block or whatever. So yeah, it was it was interesting too. It was, it's it shows you what, what Taguchi can do if he's not just being a silly, you know, butt faced asshole or whatever. Well, and, and I mean that because he does yeah. ass based offense. Yeah. That's why I'm saying that, because he's just it's oh, it's been awful. He's had so, yeah, he's capable of great matches. Yeah, this was really good. I, I enjoyed this match a lot. Yeah, but the problem And is, then Kyle Riley Gato, I mean, come on. Was that good? I, I don't you? I don't know. Oh, it was it was solid. It was really good. Gato really, you know, all of his matches at Cork and Hall in this tournament really were a lot of fun. Uh did you see the Gato Liger match? Oh yeah, yeah. What a tremendous match that was. Where uh you know, the figure four spot where, you know, he made the ropes and then he dragged him back in the center and put him right back in it. And then uh, you know, he went for the Gato clutch early in the match and Liger barely escaped. And then uh, Liger caught him at the end, and Gato really sold it like he blew an opportunity. Just he's just so over in that building that, and he knows it, which is why he, you know, gave himself certain matchups. You know, he had himself in, you know, an important match with O'Reilly at the end. He the match with Liger was in Corken Hall. The match with Taguchi main evented the first show at 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 Corken Hall. So crafty of him to put himself in those matches in Corken where he knew. And you know, I saw something interesting this week. You know, Prince Devitt, um, a Finn Balor rather, uh, on the Jericho podcast. You know what he said his favorite match of all time was? Did you see that? Yeah, it was that match against Gato, right? Gato match from 2012. That's a great match. That's like an all time. Like people. At the time, we 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 were we were on the early uh, stages of 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 this pie, uh, this site in general, and we were just touting that match like so much. Man, I've been talking about that time. match the last couple of weeks with all this game yeah. stuff that's been going on. If you haven't seen, the do it Gato right now. Pause Prince this. It's okay. We don't care. From Corrigan Hall, you've got your little New Japan world. Go watch that Find match. It. It's a yeah. tremendous match, and it's uh, Balor's favorite match of his career. Mm-hmm. So that was the gatekeeper match. Then he got, you know, then he got his title shot. Yeah, it was at Okada, but he had to go through Gato first, that's right, which is cool because he was a junior at the time. He was junior champion and he won a shot at Okada and Okada said, look, you got to beat Gato. But see, that caught Gato off guard. And Gato was like, wait, what are you talking about? Do you remember the promo? And Gato was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to wrestle this guy. He, I'm gonna, this guy's going to kill me. He's the champ. You know, that was the whole vibe there. And then Okada, you know, talked him into it and Gato accepted the challenge. And, you know, so it's kind of like if you could find the promo, watch that first, then watch the match. And the story is Devitt has to beat this guy in order to get his title shot against Okada. And that really sets the stage for it. And uh, it's just, you know, in terms of matches at Cork and Hall, which obviously, you know, is great stuff every month in that place from all sorts of that was some of the uh, I mean, that building, like you hear the phrase a lot, but the. The roof was blowing off that building for that match. Yes. Uh, yep. With the near falls and everything. This is a great, great match. 
And it helped to send Devitt as well. I mean, Devitt was able to then become a justifiable, you know, heavyweight title contender. And that's why I say in one match, you can yeah. make the argument that Gato is one of the 10 best workers in that company. I firmly believe that. Because like you just said, that really catapulted Devitt that match. And, you know, it's in terms of ring psychology and being a ring general in those things and, and getting reactions out of fans, Gato is a tremendous worker. He really is. You know, go watch the Taguchi and Liger matches from this tournament. I haven't seen the O'Reilly match. I can't speak to that one. But, I mean, those are just great matches. And, I mean, you know, Liger's no slouch. I mean, you know, Liger obviously is very similar to Gato in that respect where he can get a lot out of a little at this point. But, but yeah, so uh, looking forward to watching that O'Reilly match. But, yeah, so it sets the stage for the final, which is? As mentioned, Kushida and uh, Kyle O'Reilly, which will happen uh, Sunday morning, and, and that should be spectacular. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind, and we, and we know this from the history of these these best of the Super Junior Finals, is that they they're given time. I mean, this is their show. It's it's this. I they, I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be great. Just really really this, good. I don't know if it's going to be as good as last year. I don't know if it's going to be you know Kushida Ricochet style, but hey, man. it's the match we all wanted. Yeah, it, um, it's it's the match that everyone wanted when they looked at the two blocks, and 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 we got it. And, you know, Chase Owens is the savior. Maybe he can go save Noah now. And he saved us from Taguchi. They need him because they're going to <laughs> Takayama, which we were very worried yeah. about. Yeah, well, see. And that's, that's where they you, went. Man, I, I don't know. I, I think the answer to that question has been right in front of our face this whole time, and we're just refusing to see it. They, if they keep teasing Kobashi, I'm more just gotta more, just syringe him up, just get him enough uh, cortisone for one listen, match. The fact of the matter, if they keep teasing it, why tease it if you're not going to do it? Yeah. And especially in Japan, where they don't fuck around and tease shit. You know what I mean? It's like, look, can Kobashi get in the ring with Minoru Suzuki, who's great by the way, and can carry it if he has to? He can carry it with facial expressions alone. Okay. Can they get Kobashi into that dome on the fourth? And 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 get him to, to do a 13-minute match with a million shortcuts with, you know, can Minoru Suzuki get him through a 13-minute match? Why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean... Yeah, they just have to look at each other for 10 of the minutes yeah. and it'll be fine. I mean, the stare down alone. And then Kobashi can chop him for two exactly. minutes. Exactly. And, and it's... Yeah, like, that's, we're already at, you know, only one more minute left to go. I mean, we all saw ready to go. his retirement match. I mean, he can't... Look, it was a six-man tag or whatever... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 